welcome to another episode of the Young Black and Bible Plus Us. I am your boy Q. I think we know who everyone is in the show, so I'm just going to go on so we can get this on the road. I'm joined by Pam. Welcome back, Pam. Hope everything is well. Cashly, how are we going? Greg, good to see you again. And Lou, what's going on, good brother? How you doing? All right, all right. So, uh, how was everyone's week? And is my audio still low? Come on, tell me. Anyway, if it's not, that's good. Um, if it is, let me know. Oh, no, you're fine. Okay, good, good, good. So, how was everyone's week? Uh, we, we hear, uh, we hear so many, so much bad news in the week. So, we're going to start today. We're going to start today with some good news. Something, tell me something good that happened this past week. Anyone can, yeah, I can start. Um, I finally unboxed the final box in the house. We are officially unloaded, uh, which is a nice. good thing. Um, it's weird because now I don't have anything to do other than enjoy the house. Um, <laughs> and another upside outside of my daughter turning two, um, my 75-inch TV will be here on Wednesday, right in time Ooh. for the football season. Um, and then I got good news that I'm getting a second 75-inch TV. So what? no matter where I go, it's going to be a big screen everywhere. So open week, wow. Q is going to probably come over. Um, I'm going to have some you know, people come over. We're just going to enjoy football Sunday and grill out and cook. And now the Q knows that Greg can actually cook, cook. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he can. I I, I can say I'm, I'm a proud big little brother now. Because uh, <laughs> uh, all the skills that I try to teach him about grilling and cooking, um, they finally got through his head. Um, so I, I am proud of I am proud of that. The feather in my cap. Um, and yes, the house is absolutely beautiful. Um, the house is absolutely beautiful. So, um, if you, uh, if you know him very well, maybe you'll get a chance to see it too. <laughs> uh, anyone, anyone else wants, wants to go? So I'll speak at once. Jeez. Um, oh, you got it, Catherine. <laughs> oh no. Um, I was just trying to think, gee, what, what could happen? Well, uh, I'm, I'm alive. Um, count down to my 40th. So I guess that's, that's something to celebrate. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. I know that's right. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it's something to celebrate. Big, big time. Pam, you, you want to go ahead next? There you go. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, my daughter, which is why I was not here last week Monday, turned twelve years old. That was her birthday, so that is why. I was away and I am currently in New York watching Monday Night Raw, of course, because we'll get into it later. But SummerSlam happened this weekend and we we love all things wrestling on this side of town. So, Lou, did you have anything good to happen to you this week? Uh, I'm going to be honest. Um, I mean, nothing bad, but not nothing, nothing really good either. Um, The only I guess good thing is I uh I took a morning position at my job and uh I thought about it and thought about it 
and basically just said, nah, that morning's ain't for me, so I'm going to stay right where I'm at. Uh, so yeah, that, that's about it. Uh, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl, and I'll continue to be that night owl. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I had to become a morning person like, when I started teaching because I, I wasn't, I wasn't. Even though I had to, sometimes I had class at eight o'clock in the morning, but I was always sleeping with that um, upset class at eight o'clock class. Uh, so yeah, Lou, I understand not being a morning person. Um, it, it, it's a acquired taste. It's an acquired yeah, taste, definitely. Um, I guess I've been doing with me. Um, I'm happy that oh, last week um, an a issue that, that was holding me up for a while is finally uh, over with. Um, so I'm very, very happy for that phase of my life to be over. Um, and I started, my, I, start, I was training virtually for the, for the, for the new position. Um, now I have nothing to do but go to lunch with all my old co-workers now which I have one scheduled for tomorrow <laughs> um, so this is new like going places and um, and actually you know being able to really enjoy it it's fun it's fun I need to do this some more um, so that's it about me um, title of this episode is the double standard league because there was a double standard that was just set today. Um, we're going to get into that when we talk about the NFL. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but first, since there was a lot of wrestling action this week, um, and I uh, almost kind of sort of a little bit through the text messages and everything, um, and deletion report figured out what was going on, yeah, SummerSlam happened. So I'm going to now be quiet. And I will attempt to chime in because I did see some reviews. So I am not completely um, zero in the brain this week when it comes to the wrestling. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to our resident wrestling expert, Pam and Cashley. We can fill us all in um, of what happened this weekend. SummerSlam, I know that uh, um, Rick Flair had his final match. Um, yeah. as a professional all the other good stuff that happened so uh, the floor is now yours okay perfect well thank you so much Jackie. definitely appreciate it I will say it is good to be back I have missed each and every one of you guys and shout out to the most amazing co-host ever for me on and on and that Cashley over there she's thebomb.com I can't say any more good things about her. She's just, I, we'd be here all pod. But. Wow. Thank I'm going to get into. Oh, you're very welcome, girl. Anytime. I'm going to get into SummerSlam. I'm going to just give you guys a nice quick rundown of all the winners. And casually, if you like, you can go over Ric Flair's uh, last match as well. Yeah. So that way we can uh, split it up. Because they both were pretty long cards this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make it brief. It was a lot of wrestling, so let's just get into it. So, at the start of SummerSlam, we had Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship, and Bianca Belair retained. After she retained, Bailey made her highly, highly, highly awaited return 
Uh, she's been out due to, if I'm not mistaken, she injured her leg or her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Not too sure. Uh, but she's been out for a long time. Uh, it's been over a year. After Bailey came out, Dakota Kai, who was recently part of those releases a couple months ago, came back. And then Io Shirai's music hit also for them to have a new faction. Faction's name? Not a clue yet. We, we don't know yet. This is all like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Big, mm-hmm. big highlight for, for us. Next match was Logan Paul versus The Miz with Logan Paul defeating The Miz by a pinfall. Believe it or not, was not that bad of a match. Big yeah. shocker for me. Um, wasn't that bad. Next match, which I'm tired of, but we had it, was the Universal States Championship match, Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory, with Bobby Lashley defeating Theory via pinfall. That was meh. I wasn't really paying attention. I was bored. Uh, the next match was a tag team match, The Judgment Day versus The Mysterios, and a no DQ match. During this match, Edge came back, had his brood entrance. So cool, so dope. Uh, but that match, again, didn't really care for that neither. Um, next match was Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin, with Pat McAfee defeating Happy Corbin via pinfall. This was another meh match. Uh, Pat McAfee, definitely, you can tell, is still new to the ring, but... I mean, mm-hmm. him versus Logan Paul. I'm going to give Logan Paul a bit more umph than Pat McAfee, shockingly. So yeah. that match was pretty okay. Uh, next match was the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship match. The Usos versus the Street Profits with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett, I can never say his name correctly. Double J. And the Usos defeated the Street Profits via pinfall. That was a great Great match. That match, um, definitely, like, ugh. The Usos, every time, put on a great match. The Street Profits put on a great match. I'm be yes. honest. Street Profits have gotten to the level of New Day. All three of them. Those are three really strong tag teams. And, of course, it helped that they are also black men. So, shout-outs to them. Big shout-outs to them. Um... There wasn't a match, but Riddle had came out afterwards and called out Seth Rollins. And of course, uh, Riddle and Seth Rollins, they kind of brawled their way, kind of, but nothing actually happened. So we'll see what happens with that. The next match was the SmackDown Women's Championship match with Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. And Liv Morgan defeated Ronda Rousey via pinfall, but it also seemed as though Liv Morgan tapped out around the same time. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see what happens with that on Friday for SmackDown. Then last but not least, we had the Undisputed Dirty Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in a last man standing match. I am not even going to lie to you. This was the match of the night for me. Mm-hmm. This match was so good. I honestly got to a point where I was tired of seeing Brock versus Roman and you know, you it's been like five years in a row for some yeah. sense, basically it felt like, but this match here, if there was no other reason for me to watch smack, um, SummerSlam besides seeing Becky versus Bianca, this match definitely, they, they put on like I, the selling, 
uh, Brock coming out in the tractor trailer, dumping Roman's body. Yeah. With the, it, it was just, yeah, this, this was it. This was it. Um, and of course, we the ones, the bloodline, because my man is on God mode. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar to retain the undisputed championship. Now, we'll also say during this time frame, uh, Austin Theory did try to cash in, but mm-hmm. he actually did not fully cash in. Right. So unless they're going to say that he did, I don't know how they're going to play this. Um, but in my eyes, he didn't fully cash in yet. So he should still have the briefcase, but we will see. Overall, SummerSlam, if I had to give it a rating of one out of 10, I'm going to give it like a five. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like a, oh my Lord, like must watch. So I, right. I would give it a five with Roman and Brock being three and two being Bianca and Becky. Yes. And, and I also got to say, I got to give a special, I love my damn job award to Michael Cole. Was he not? Yes. Commentary. Like he was awesome. Like he's able to, you know, let down his hair on commentary. Like you can tell the difference. So great job, Michael Cole. Great job. I definitely agree. Especially when he had to go back and talk with Corey to go over the commentary for that happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee show. Uh, mm-hmm. their match. You could tell that the enthusiasm wasn't there as much. Like he was enthusiastic because it was someone he truly cared about that he worked right. with was wrestling. But for the rest of the night, he had to team up with Corey and you could tell that the chemistry is not the same. Like he seemed mm-hmm. way more into his job with Pat yep. than he did with Corey. With Corey just felt like, oh, oh you're here again. Whereas with Pat, mm-hmm. he just like loves being on commentary. You can hear it from both of them. So I definitely agree with that. Yes. Big, big, big shout out to Michael Cole. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and then, of course, so. we have Miss Cashley taking over to do Ric Flair. How was that show? <laughs> um. Let me just say that it looked really good on paper, but when I watched it, it didn't give what it had supposed to have gave for a uh, last match for a absolute legend and, you know, a retiring legend. It, it didn't give what it had supposed to gave, unfortunately, but... I will start with the card. So uh, we had a tag team match with the Von Erics. Now, of course, if you're, you know, that wrestling fan, you know the Von Erics. Well, these are the grandsons, Marshall and Ross Von Erics, going against the Briscoes, with the Briscoes picking up that win. Then we have Clark Connors versus Ren Narita, with um, Clark Connors picking up that win. Um, then we had, uh, from MLW, we had Killer Cross with Scarlett Bardot. And for those with, uh, WWE experience, you may know Killer Cross as Karrion Cross from WWE, but, um, he's Killer Cross now. Who would have against Harry Smith from the famous, infamous Hart family, um, with, uh, Killer Cross picking up that win. 
Um, next up from Impact, we had Jordan Grace, the Impact Knockouts champion, um, versus Deanna Perrazzo and Rachel Ellering uh, with Jordan Grace picking up that win. Uh, next up from Impact Wrestling, we have Jacob Fatu from the Fatu family. Um, we should all know that family very well. Um, going up against the Impact World Champion, Josh Alexander, with uh, Josh Alexander picking up that win. And then next up, we had uh, the Luchas on display from AAA. So Ray Phoenix, Black Taurus, Laredo Kid, and Bandito. Um, which I thought was a good one. Um, excuse me, with Bandito picking up that win. Um, next up, we had a tag team match from Impact Wrestling. The Motor City Machine Gun versus the Wolves uh, picking up that win was Motor City Machine Guns. Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. Uh, next up, we had some of you know the old school and the new mix up here with Kelly Carey and Ricky Morton uh, from Rock and Roll Express uh, going up against Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson at ringside, who was his his dad. Um, with uh, Brian Pillman and Brock Anderson picking up that win. Um, and then we had Jonathan Grisham and Nick Wayne versus Alan Angels and Konosuke Takashita uh, from Japan. Uh, that was a really good one with Jonathan Grisham picking up that win. And then finally, uh, the main event. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have Ric Flair and his son-in-law, Andrade, going up against Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. Oh, uh, with uh, Ric Flair picking up that win. Um, I don't even know what to rate this whole card. Like I said, it didn't give what it's supposed to give. And this main event was, it was hard to watch. Um, if you're looking at someone trying to live out their, their final youth and, you know, just doing it in the most painful way possible, this would be that match. Um, I, I'd have to give this whole show maybe a two or a three out of a ten. Um, like I said, looked very great on paper, but once they, you know, came out and started doing everything, it was just horrible. I'm still trying to figure out how Ric Flair busted his head open and started bleeding all over the place. I'm trying to figure out how that happened. Um. <laughs> oh, man. The world may never know because he literally was fine and then he just got up right. and was gushing. And I'm like, what? did he like blade himself? Like, wh where did right. that come and, from? Right. That's what I was going to ask too. Are they still allowed to do that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I know they, they cut that off for a while. Where, Bro, they didn't want them doing that, so. Yeah, they did because, you know, the hepatitis that was kind of going around. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, now if you if you watch an AEW show, you, you guarantee we'll see John Moxley face full of yes. That is yes. true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is true. <laughs> so, yes, they're definitely still blading and, man... It's like he couldn't, he could barely walk to the ring, Rick Flair. He could barely walk to the ring. 
Um, he could barely move around the ring. Him trying to put the figure four on, uh, I believe it was uh, Jay Lethal at the end. It was just, it was horrible. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, I, I tried to get my boyfriend to watch with me. He was like, no, I can't see him like that. That's not how I want to remember him. So I was like, okay, I, I get I get why he didn't want to watch. This this was bad. Oh yeah. I will definitely say one I understand wanting to hold the belt because it is a pivotal belt. But the mm-hmm. belt is clearly too heavy. One. Two. Mm-hmm. Richard Flair, you are seventy three years old. Right. Seventy three. This is your second mm-hmm. retirement match. Mm-hmm. You, you keep saying That's last true. match, and then now you then had another one because, as quoted by him, he didn't like the way the other one ended. Well, how did you want it to end with you on a win? You you shouldn't have won that. There was no reason for you to win, so it didn't make sense. And then he's attempting to take bumps. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Andrade is trying to give him the brass knuckles. He's like, "Yo, get up, get up, come on, come on." Take mm-hmm. it. It's like. Beating a dead horse, like just please stop. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it we were literally in the text thread going, Why are we watching this? This mm-hmm. is so bad. Like the entire card was just hard to watch. Uh, Tony Schiavone mm-hmm. was trying so hard to help with the other guy that was on commentary, I forgot his name. Um, he's trying to like I think it was Ian. work. I, I want to say it's Ian, um, like, mm-hmm. like Cash said. He trying to bounce off of him. They can't bounce off each other. You hear the people in the back telling, go tell all the wrestlers, run to the stage, surround Flair, surround Flair. Why are we hearing background commentary? Mm-hmm. And for the people that paid, I think it was like $100 or something for like a whole package for the whole yeah, weekend, whole it was mm-hmm. not worth it. I would definitely request this as a fraud charge because mm-hmm. clearly this was a fraud. The whole, it was, it was so bad. And I watched from the beginning and I was like, thank goodness. One, I did not pay for this. And two, I didn't pay to be there. I would have been so mm-hmm. mad. I oh, felt yeah. like this was a card that you needed to be drunk to watch because it was <laughs> so hard to watch. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I, I do not, if you had to choose between SummerSlam and Ric Flair's last match, I would tell you to pick SummerSlam any day of the week. Even with the worst match on that card, it was still better than, honestly, all of the matches on that card because I couldn't keep up with none of them. I tried really hard, too. I'm like, okay, maybe this, maybe that. One of them, I think it was Alan Angels. He went to go like do his intro on the ring, and the ropes were so slippery. like He like fell mm-hmm. off. Like, it was just... it. It was not giving a Ric Flair last match. It was right. giving in the gymnasium in front of five people wrestling match. So what you're saying is this they're gonna have a third? It's gonna be a third one now with this one so bad. Oh my god. Oh absolutely not. They better not. Oh. And oh, Andrade better, better get son in law stripes. Forever. Big time. For Big life. time. 
Okay. <laughs> Big time. Andrade he was the son in law for the year award. That should be his for best son in law ever because <laughs> I can't think of anybody who would literally go along with this with a complete smile on his face. I, I really don't. Like, <laughs> like I said, he tried to work with him. Like, I'm going to work with you, old man. You my, my father-in-law. I, I'm going to work with you. So kudos to Andrade for playing his role as, you know, the wingman to this last match. Also, also, I guess we have to... I, mm, I don't want to give kudos, but I guess we do. Shout out to Conrad for making it happen. Um, mm-hmm. Because of Conrad is why we were able to get Flair's last match. And I didn't know that he was also Rick's son-in-law as well. So, Really? That, okay. Yeah, that's why they kept saying, shout out to Conrad, Rick's other son-in-law. I was like, oh, I didn't know that oh, wow. he was also Rick's son-in-law. So, you know. Quick uh, wrestling fact of the day. Conrad Thompson is Ric Flair's son-in-law. Would have never, never guessed that. But yeah, I would definitely say out of this week in wrestling, this more so this weekend, because we're not going to get too deep into the entire week of wrestling. We're only going to get into those two topics because we have so much other sports to talk about. Um, Ric Flair's last match. Don't watch it. Uh, I thought the girls mm-hmm. were going to do great. I was not a fan. Um, no, Rachel Ellering actually like sprained her ankle at the very beginning of the match. So it was mm-hmm. very like a one-sided type thing. Um, Jonathan Gresham was wrestling as if he didn't want to be there, which I get. He just mm-hmm. actually released from AEW slash ROH. So get that. But again, you sign the contract, you make the money. This is a big card. Mm-hmm. Get your money's worth. I will say uh, the set was very pretty. If I could give one good thing. <laughs> yeah, very retro. Very retro. Very, very, very retro. Lots of purple, you know, big, big Ric Flairy NWA type of setup kind of. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So uh that and, and Rick's rope was pretty. I mean, I uh, I, ew, I it's like really trying to pull teeth <laughs> to get a good right. action, <laughs> a good thing yeah, to say. I, I can tell if 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 you're yeah, ooh, some, okay, it, it was bad. If that's the overall, it, it, it was just bad, just just bad. Because just ooh, oh boy, and that you know, okay. So the overall consensus of Ric Flair's last matches, it was just like, bleh. Am I yes. saying that? Yeah, okay. yeah. Sadly, it was so bad. Ricky Steamboat couldn't be there to watch it. Like he wasn't there at all. <laughs> which was surprising because if you think of Ric Flair's probably his biggest one of his biggest rivals was Ricky Steamboat like the many classic matches they all had together you know during those um, Jim Crockett promotion days in Greensboro I mean why wouldn't he be there you know but and then you see the shit show and you say well that's right cool. yeah and I mean, yeah. considering they had Undertaker and Mick Foley, and I'm like, and that's Hart the best y'all too. could do. Uh, yeah. Bret Hart was there. Sorry, <laughs> forgot about your goat. My bad. My bad. But I'm like, just like, is that the best you could do? Right. Yeah. But I thought Mick Foley didn't fuck with Ric Flair, though. I thought that was like a thing in the books and in person and interviews. Like, I know they probably patched it up since then. 
but it's like why was he there i saw that clip he's like okay undertaker i get like he right now mm-hmm. is just everywhere um mick foley i'm like uh I, I heard some of those interviews i'm like i wouldn't fuck with you forever after that and then like ricky steamboat i'm like so why are we doing this and then somebody said it perfectly on twitter rick flair owes a lot of people some money and that that's what i attribute it to so i don't think mm-hmm. it's gonna be his last match he's gonna be the money mayweather or the floyd mayweather of professional wrestling we're gonna see him every four years on a saturday night and be like yo didn't he say he was retiring like four years ago oh no he, he's still here he's 103 and he's still doing last matches cool so yeah i i didn't even bother watching i saw the tweets i saw y'all text and i was like yeah that would have been a waste of 90 minutes of my time because it was only going to get 90 mm-hmm. minutes but the, the only thing that would have made this segment better, Cashley and Pam, mm-hmm. was if, like, right before you got into Ric Flair's last match and explaining it, you, you could have played that Ric Flair trip. That would have been perfect. <laughs> yep. That would have been yep. perfect. Rick can't be getting sued. I don't want to get sued for playing yeah. music. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you got it's got to be trademarked and yeah, copyrighted. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like he oh, yeah, has he trademark did over the yeah, like he even has trademark over the woo. Like I think he trademarked that too. Well, yes, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Every, like, everybody does it though. Everybody does it. Yeah, <laughs> we 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 don't have rich lawyers and we ain't rich, so you know, let's not play that, please. I don't, yeah. I don't wanna, I don't want to I don't want to have to respond to the lawsuit. Or get, or get oh no, definitely for. not. <laughs> definitely not. Not for Ric Flair's last match. Absolutely, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> make it worth something worthwhile at least. Jesus. Well, yeah. um, ooh, um, I, you, and I'm, I'm usually confused a lot about wrestling, but I'm really confused now because I, I just, the last match that bad. Like I, I read, it, it, I read the text right last night, and and and. This should have been like a roast, like you said, Cash. It should have been like a roast, like. And he actually had it? one. That was that was so bad. He actually had oh one God. the night See, before. You know, you know what? See, this is why. <laughs> this is why I subscribe to Paramount Plus. I don't have to watch. This is why. Oh boy! Even though I now have Hulu, because of thank you, Riley. I now have Hulu, yeah. but yeah. I, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. My, my I'm thing, like, <laughs> I think my issue is Ric Flair had a perfect out where he never had to wrestle again. He could literally just be like Paul Heyman and just like every once in a while get knocked around by like the opposing wrestler. Instead, he decided mm-hmm. he wanted to come out in an old Navy blue shirt. Like it literally looked like he went to old Navy. It's like, you got an XL? Cool. I'll take that. And it's like, he brought out the belt that honestly, just why, um, I get the nostalgia, but no. And then he could barely get the, uh, the robe off. I'm like, this, this is bad, bro. Um, I will say after seeing that though, all the clips, we need to start petitioning and having like a retirement package for a lot of wrestlers and athletes and stuff like that. Cause at some point, this just has to be it. Like we'll bring you around doing like all-star weekends or like WrestleMania and stuff like that. You shouldn't be in Royal Rumbles. You shouldn't be having retirement, retirement, retirement matches. Shawn Michaels literally pinned you. And it was one of the greatest moments in WWE history. You could have left it there. 
Honestly, nobody mm-hmm. even thought Ric Flair lost in that match. They were like, no, we knew this was supposed to happen. Right. Like, right, right. changing the I guard. Agree. Why the I fuck agree. are we doing this? And it's because of, in my personal opinion, greed. People are saying Ric Flair owes this person money and this money and ex-wives and stuff like that. And it's like an actor. I forget. I want to say it's Clint Eastwood, but it's not. But it's like some actor, um, Scarface. Uh, what's the... Uh, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Like, he, like, I guess, like, owes his wife. No, it's not Al Pacino. The guy from uh, Meet the Fuckers. Um, De Niro. De, De Niro. So, Robert De Niro. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah, De Niro owes his wife, well, his ex-wife, so much money. And ironically, when somebody brought that tweet up, they said Ric Flair and Robert De Niro are the same guy. Like, they just owe so many people money that they have to continue doing this. But my question is, there are so many wrestlers that do, like, WrestleCons and stuff like that. Why is Ric Flair, mm-hmm. one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, hurting for money to the point where they had to put on a final match that no one asked for? I, I want to you know, um, Ted DiBiase. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but Ted DiBiase says something in a, uh, a documentary that I just thought of. I think it was the NWO documentary. He said, you know, some guys overstay their welcome to the point where their legacies are damaged. And I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> But I think that mm-hmm. definitely applies to Ric Flair because, yeah. you know, that Shawn Michaels match, that would have been a great way to go out. And that should have been the way for him to go out. But mm-hmm. to have it look like this, this yep. is terrible. I mean, you know. But think, well, when I think about that, the reason why I'm so upset about it, and I'll be really brief, is I see certain wrestlers who are on that path where it's like, this is all they know, so they're just going to be here until they die. But my issue mm-hmm. is, you've made enough money so you don't ever have to do this again. I'm telling you now, John Cena is going to be Ric Flair in about 15 years. We're going to be like, bro, we don't, we don't need no. this anymore. No, I, let, I don't think out. so. You, you, don't, you don't think so, but we said the same thing about Ric Flair. I, I see more of that happening for The Miz than for John Cena, to be honest with no. you. Here's the thing. The Miz, honestly is doing, in my personal opinion, right about things. He had, as long as he can keep that reality show money going, like, honestly, he can host real world after he's done wrestling. Like, the issue is, he has the charisma, he has the personality, he has the wife, he has the lifestyle. John Cena don't have that shit. John Cena is honestly just John Cena wherever he goes. He's like the Vin Diesel of, like, the WWE. It's like, damn, you know what? One trick pony, cool. We're gonna see him every once in a while. He might put out a good product, or it might be Fast and Furious 9. It, you just never know what you're gonna get. But I feel like John Cena, when he realizes, like, I'm not The Rock and I can't be Dominic Toretto's brother for the next five more movies. Yeah, he's going to be like, I'm going to go and get that WWE money. And he's going to be back when it, cause what, he's like, John Cena's, if I'm 35, Cena's what, like 46? I want to say he's like 46, right? I have no idea. Some, somebody, so somebody fact check me on that. But my thing is, if he's 46, because uh, Triple H is what, 52? He's 45. Good job. He's so 45. close. So, so, so close. But here's the thing. When I, when I, even with me getting it wrong, it feels like they're that fucking old. And the only reason I say that is because Ric Flair is God knows how old. 73. If he's 73 and still doing it, Triple H is right behind him. And then after Triple, well, actually, no, Triple H, Triple H, H can't done do it, and I believe him. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They also said Shawn Michaels couldn't do it. They also said Shane McMahon. All the people that they say can't do shit, wrestling to this day i swore that they said daniel bryan could never wrestle again they said edge could never wrestle again these motherfuckers are jumping off of ladders hitting each other getting bloody and something like wait was it a storyline or is it real so 
you know, I'm I'm trying to bridge the gap on when certain wrestlers should retire. I feel like at 55, you should be an alumni, no matter what your status is, and just honestly go and be a valet, be, you know, a tag team partner to like somebody, but you don't have to do strenuous things of having like one-on-one matches. When Brock in like five years, when we're like, yo, like we're seeing you versus Roman for the 17th time. Like, no, like the rock knew after rock versus Cena too, that, you know what? I can't do this shit. We all remember when Goldberg damn near decapitated Undertaker. We're like, yo, like, uh, y'all can't be doing this no more. <laughs> and, but the thing is, mm-hmm. they keep bringing Goldberg back. Undertaker, I'm telling you, in like two years, he's gonna be like, you know what? I got the itch. He's gonna come back and do one match with somebody like a Kane or something. It's gonna be one of those like one off like celebrity oh, matches. Gosh. Or I'm telling you, and we're gonna be like, yo, like, why can't you just leave the legacy where it is? So when I say Ric Flair and Cena, Cena and him are the same person. They've been chasing what? I think Cena's at, is he at 16 or 17 now? He's tied, right? Or did he pass him with 17? With um, championships? With championships. I think Cena might be at 15. Cena did not pass him yet. They aren't, uh, I don't even I think, think they're tied yet. That was the whole point of Cena coming back last year to go against Roman was for him to try to beat Rick's uh, thing and be tied with Rick, but it never happened. They kept the belt on Roman for every time he fought. So so pretty much what you're and, saying is once they get over Roman and Cena is going to be the savior for the sixth time where he loses, and then he's going to come back and get 16, and we're like, oh, he's tied with Ric Flair, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to retire, and then he's going to do a bunch of one-off, one-on-one matches with people who don't matter. That was my next question. That was my next question. Like, okay, so you, you think Cena's going to retire in what, like five years or so? Like, officially retire from the WWE? I Something like so. that. Okay, who is his retirement match against? Uh, honestly, Randy Orton. Do the That's exactly what I was thinking, Randy Orton. Only if they both retire. No, Randy's not retiring <laughs> no time soon. Yeah, I now, think Randy's got more time in him. He's got way more time in him. He literally said him and Riddle. Riddle has revived his love of wrestling. So hmm. that's going to happen. And if that's, but, if that's but, true, that's fine. But Randy's had a lot more like health issues and injuries yeah. and stuff than, than Cena has. So. No. Absolutely. Only reason, so Only reason I want it to happen is because we haven't been in a situation with any rivalry of like all time with, you know, the two just said, you know what, we're both going to hang it up together because guess what? Like, we made a legacy for 15, 20, 30 years. I think we both can go out on our shield that way. They would be the first to do that. When I think of like Hogan and Macho Man or, you know, Hogan and Warrior or, you know, Sting, God forbid, Triple H, I'm still pissed off with you, sir, about that one, but whatever. <laughs> um, Goldberg, like, they, their biggest rivals either have passed away or they can't wrestle anymore because of injury or they just honestly are, you know, just saying fuck the company that they're on at that point. Cena and Orton would be the one and only instance where I could say, you know what? Both of them left and they didn't disrespect the other person's legacy where they have to go and wrestle more people to put them over. Like when I see DDP, I feel like he went out on his show. He's like, you know what? I'm done. Like there's nobody that says a bad thing about DDP. It's like, okay, he left, whatever. Like he has his legacy for what he has it as. And then he created his own legacy with like DDP yoga and things like that. Mm-hmm. When I think right, about right. Sting, I'm like, he revi- he had to revive his career because nobody was looking at Sting the same after that WWE match. It was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this is what we get? Yeah. We waited. Like, 
the, the legacy wasn't the same. So when I think of rivalries and stuff, like even think about like Cena and Batista or Batista and Goldberg, like that couldn't happen anymore. Like Batista wouldn't take it and Goldberg would probably kill somebody. So there's that. Then you have like Undertaker and Kane. I feel like that should have been the last match, but they're like, you know what? Who's going to protect Undertaker because he's too old to wrestle? That's why when it comes mm-hmm. to, and I'm trying to tie it in with like Cena and Orton, it would be a good way for them to both go out because if Cena says this is my last match and I'm done and we're around the same age and then Orton has to wrestle for another six or seven years, it's like, damn, like you could have left when Cena left. You both get the Hall of Fame the next year and then, you know, here and there you can pull a Stone Cold Steve Austin. You can come back. You get the biggest pop of your life. And then you say, you know what? I'm going back into obscurity. So if Cena has to wrestle for seven, eight, nine more years just so him and Orton can retire together, I would prefer that. Because we only see Cena once every, what, 17, 18 months anyway. I can live with it. I can live with Cena for another seven years. Yeah, right. You get that little excitement every, like, every every six, seven months, eight months when he comes back. And, you know, yeah, like you said, you get that pop from the crowd. And, yeah, Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, like, it would be a, like, a Brett and Sean thing that never, like, was supposed to, like, be what it is. Like, that's one of those robberies where, like, you know what, like, even if they don't fuck with each other, like, they, like, made amends or whatever their situation is today, but we always hold them in high esteem, and they'll both make Hall of Fame, but they'll both be who they are, and Orton and Cena should be the same way. I don't know who else after that is going to happen. I don't know if there will ever be a thing, like, would it ever be the Dudley Boys and Edge and Christian getting into the Hall of Fame the same year? Probably not. Um, would like Ray Mysterio when he does make the Hall of Fame? Who's in his class? And, and my personal mm. opinion, everybody's dead. L- literally, mm. everybody in his class is dead. Yeah, that's true. So, no, John Cena would be in there with him because we celebrated twenty years of Cena, twenty years of Randy. Oh yeah, that's right. Twenty years yeah. of Murray Mysterio. So that would be okay. in his class. Okay, so let me go ahead and retort to your response so and that you're saying you know and that's wwe ray like ray yeah. has like what 10 other years at wcw right yes but yeah. that's, that's what i'm saying when it comes to like in my personal opinion cena orton and mysterio that would probably be in my personal opinion one of the best hall of fame classes but like but then we also gotta think who's the female would that would go in with them as well if we're gonna go that route yeah, well you, you gotta blame wwe booking for that one Got, got to blame WWE booking for that one. Um, in, in my personal opinion, I, at that point, I would put Natalia in there. I know it sounds like a, a bold fucking statement, but she would be the one person. I'm like, you know what? Even if she's active, she deserves it because she's put over a lot of people and her career should be leap years from where it is right now. Agreed. She's the one person that I would say, you know what? Just give her the Hall of Fame. You've already shitted on her family legacy. You shitted on people who were supposed to be there, her, including her husband and things like that. Like, how about just giving her the one accolade that you know for a fact that you won't give anybody else? Now, someone would say China. I personally feel like China should be in a class with people of her class. I want to say of her but class. But they've all like gone in already. That's the problem. I feel like with the WWE Hall of Fame, I feel like they need to make a whole separate one. I'm sure they do have one, but... With at least China, like she's supposed to be the first ballot female for next year, but they put in a lot of people who, in my personal opinion, didn't really deserve to go the year that they went. Like I feel like Jacqueline could have waited a couple years. They did it 
because they've honestly run out of women to put into the Hall of Fame. Like, and I know said Luna Vachon, but... they gave her some honorable mention, but Luna Vachon, yeah. you know, for her time there, I mean, she was very entertaining and, you know, she definitely deserved a spot, but they gave her like some sort of honorable mention. Yeah. So let me see. Um, it says five women who could be added to the Hall of Fame in 2022. So the list, it said Trish Stratus. Uh, is she in it? I think she's in it this year, right? I thought she was in it already. Yeah, I thought, I thought she, she was in, in it already too. Oh, Trish Stratus? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's in already. She, so she made 22. So she went this year then because she wasn't in in 2021. Because this is the list. But from they didn't have a 2021, remember? So basically, it was a two-year thing, right? So when I say 2022, meaning like this article was posted, uh, it says modified July 20, uh, 23rd of this year. So it says the Hall of Fame has become an annual celebration of the history of the business of performers. And he listed five women who should be added to the WWE Hall of Fame of 2022. So this was the list. Trish Stratus, Terry Runnels, Sable, Michelle McCool, and Melina. Now... Oh, and uh, Victoria. Next year, out of that entire list, there's two that I can say absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. Michelle Melina McCool, and Victoria. Well, I, I was going to say Melina also, but I, I feel like th- th- there's something with the Vince thing with Melina because I've heard the rumblings. I just I, I want to hold off a year for Melina, especially. If you fit, you know, figure that what Undertaker probably will—he's already in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh yeah, in, right. Ooh. Okay, so mm-hmm. if he's if he's in this year, I'm sure his wife is going to be in it next year, since they couldn't get them in the same year. And I mean, she's the four-time women's champion, right? Even though I think Melina had it what five times, so you got that. So actually, no, I take that back. So it'll either be Melina or Michelle McCool for the Hall of Fame for next year. Hmm. Who, who you got, Pam? I, I know you think Michelle McCool doesn't have a um, personally, and I don't want to get too much into this. We can probably table this for next Hello. week, but I don't think Michelle McCool has a good enough career personally for her to be in the Hall of Fame yet, honestly. Because besides Taker, what has she actually done? Mm-hmm. Honestly, <laughs> what have a lot of people who are in the Hall of Fame <laughs> that didn't deserve it do? That's true. It's more so filling a class, but I'm talking about for women. Since they only ever put in one woman every year, she can be tabled. Right. And and, and plus, you know, I remember her as Lay Cool. Right? So that tag team with Layla. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to read the passage that they have for Michelle McCool and Melina. So it says Michelle McCool will be one of the returning entrants at the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble. So obviously this happened back in January and they just edited the list. In the first edition, she made a statement about, I'm sorry, she made a statement after eliminating five women from the bout. Now I'm assuming the reason why they said that is because there aren't a lot of women who eliminated that many people in, you know, the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, Michelle McCool was one of the top stars in the women's division during the Ruthless Aggression era. She won the Women's Championship and the Divas Championship twice. Her act with Layla, uh, with Layla as Lay Cool was one of the consistent highlights of the women division during the early 2010s. Her resume speaks for itself and screams Hall of Fame. Then they said Melina. She will also be returning this year. It will mark the first time since 2011 that she's competed inside of the ring. 
She's one of the most decorated female WWE superstars. She won the women's division, I'm sorry, the women's championship twice. Melina also claimed the Divas title twice. So both of them have the same accolades when it comes to titles because they both held the same titles twice. It says that she worked with legends like Trish Stratus, Mickey James, and Michelle McCool. Now, the fact that they named Michelle McCool as one of the legends seems like they're putting Michelle McCool up there. And I hate to sound a little bit sexist about this because of The Undertaker. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I feel that way and I mm-hmm. don't want to sound like a complete dickhead when I say it but the way that they're speaking her up even over Melina because they mentioned Melina as number two and they had Michelle McCool at number three but then they're like hey like legends like Michelle McCool is like but you realize Melina has just as many accolades right so then it says that uh, you add her manager role with Eminem damn that's, that was a terrible time in WWE and John mm-hmm. Morrison <laughs> It's weird that Melina hasn't already been inducted yet, right? But then the one that they said is for sure going to be the woman that's inducted next year was Victoria. They said that she defeated Trish Stratus in a Chicago street fight, which is one of the most popular women matches of all time, apparently. Now, that, I can't really remember that match, the Chicago street fight, but whatever. It says that she's considered one of the most underrated stars to grace the square circle. She did whatever's necessary to earn opportunities. She won the women's championship twice and worked with some of the biggest female stars along the way. She had a famous rivalry with Trish Stratus. She held a grudge against uh, Stratus due to their time as fitness models and looked for revenge. Uh, she won gold again when she defeated Lita, Molly, Holly, and jo- Oh, okay. So basically, long story less long, the reason why they want Victoria in is because she's beaten some of the people who are already in the Hall of Fame. That, that's pretty much what they're saying. And it even says um. that... She defended her title against Molly Holly in a hair versus title match at WrestleMania, which led to Molly having to shave her head. I'm like, oh, well, that's is that Hall of Fame worthy, though? Right. Wow. And and when I'm thinking, you know, women in Hall of Fame, um, I'm kind of thinking back towards, you know, the 90s, maybe late 80s. Boo Nakano. Y'all remember her? Yep. I yeah, love Boo Nakano. Yes. Like, I think she would be good for the Hall of Fame. You know, not only was she Alundra Blaze's probably biggest rival, but she was also she's also huge in Japan. You know, like why not? And which the person her? was again? Bu Nakano. Oh, she's on. The, oh, she's on another list. I'm seeing her now. I've never heard of this person, but I'm reading some of the act. Damn, why isn't she in it? Wow. Right. Yeah. Like, you know. Wow. Really? Wait. She had a she had a storyline with Alundra Blake. What? Oh yeah. And she's not. Oh yeah. Wow. 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 They, had, they had a yeah. They had a. I think they had a match at uh, was it WrestleMania ten? Mm-hmm. So was yeah. It, 10? Hmm. it was either ten or. It, it it was it was one of those, but yeah, she was Alundra Blazes, you know, probably one of her biggest rivals at that time, and you know, it was only a handful of them, literally, at that time. Well, what I'm what I'm gonna do real quick is I'm gonna run down this list, and outside of China, because we all feel like she should go next year, we feel like she should go every year, so we're just gonna X her out, but she's listed number nine. So I'm gonna go down the list of ten, and you just everybody say yes, you know, like yay or nay to this person. Number 10, Mickey James, Hall of Fame. Yes. Next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Um, Bull Nakano is number eight. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay. I don't know much Number about him, so I can't comment. Yeah. <laughs> Number seven, Kelly Kelly. Um, yes. no. It's a maybe for me. Nah. It's a maybe. I, I, said, I said maybe two. I said maybe two. Oh, yeah. No, because the more I think about it, I'm like, you know what? I really liked Kelly Kelly. I felt like she, either way, I'm not going to go into a diatribe. We all said almost. I think we all got the almost when it comes to her. So she's like up in the air. Uh, Victoria is number six. Didn't she go in already? Nope. Really? Yeah. That's crazy, right? So yay and nay. I said yes, yay. she did. Yeah. She was in 2018, 2018. She was yeah. in the Hall of Fame. They, they had her was on the list, not? though. No, it has her on the list. It has oh, her as wow. number six. Which is, to me, it's crazy. Um, now, are the Bella Twins in already? Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, cool. So I got to... Now, they're in together, but they're not in individually, which I'm sure they're gonna. that's going to come up later because you can be a tag team and you can be individual in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, Flair did Nikki it definitely got herself. Right, yeah. Okay, so let me see. We were at number six. Number five. Um, I'll say this before we even start. She's going in the same year her husband is, and there's no way around it. Sable. I say nah for Sable. Nah. I say that's yeah. A that's a hard pass. <laughs> I, I mean, it, 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 to me, it depends on the criteria. Like, if, if you actually wrestle. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And she don't didn't really wrestle at all. Well, let, let me let me that ask much, a question. I say. I, I'll, I'll say this: if they put her in, they gotta put Luna in because they that made part. Luna put her over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So we'll we'll move on from that because I want to come back to that question with Sable, and then we can move on. Uh, number four, Melina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. This one, I, I feel like it's a pity vote, but whatever. Page at number three. Yeah, no, absolutely yes, absolutely yeah. yes, yeah, absolutely yeah. yes. For, it's for not ne- a pity vote. No, for next year is what I'm saying because this is next oh, year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. So out, out of all out of all the names from ten to four, she's at number three. You think she should absolutely. be absolutely yes? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and oh, wouldn't yes. she be the? I don't know if this is true or not, but she would actually be the youngest ever Hall of Fame inductee, right? Yes, she would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But as far as wrestling wise, if you look at the time period, you know, she was kind of like that that transition from divas to yeah, that's that's true superstars. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. And considering so, her mama was pregnant with her while still wrestling. She came out the womb wrestling, literally. That is a fact. That is a fact. All right, number two, AJ Lee. Yes. I couldn't um, I'm not a fan of her, but I can respect her enough to say yes, because she also was pivotal in that mm-hmm. women's transition from divas to superstars. And yeah, also her quote-unquote pipe bomb. Yeah. It mm-hmm. started the... Uh, the divas res- revolution from right, them, right. from what she said. So, yeah. Okay. And finally, Michelle McCool at number one. No. Nah. Wow. 
No, but, but you, you, you see the bias, not from us, but from the actual articles. Right. Exactly. They really yeah. want Michelle Cool in there. And it's like all the people that we named and were like, for sure, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Michelle McCool is number one out of that list. It's like over everybody. And it, it starts to seem like I don't want to say we're running out of women that will be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. But when it's time for the Charlottes to retire and it's time for the, you know, the Oscars and stuff like that, it's like, are we going to be in a position? That'll be your next big crop. But, but that's the thing, though. We're really at this point, after we just named 10 people and we said at least eight out of those 10 have to be in the Hall of Fame, that means in the next 10 years, they have to go in or they may be on a list with Paige or Natalia. Um, Nikki Bella. These are people that we didn't even name that are on this list. They're in 10 years. They're going to have to be in the Hall of Fame because they're already 40 plus now. Right. Yeah, I think Natty is, but I don't know because yeah. Natty is out here doing OnlyFans content with her sister. So I don't know. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, oh, hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> I mean, Natty you know. just turned 40 this year, by the way. I don't care about none of that. She got OnlyFans. <laughs> I, mean, she, I mean, she switched up her look, so you know she gotta, you know she gotta make it work for her. You know, hey, you know what? It worked for me. Oh my god! I'm gonna oh oh subscribe to this shit too. Hold on. I'm oh, well, I will definitely say to wrap up wrestling. We mm-hmm. went through a good amount of people that we think should be in the Hall of Fame this year. I think next week. We should all do a little bit of research and figure out what men should be in the Hall of Fame next year. Because mm-hmm. if you look at who went in this year, the big name, of course, was Taker, you know. Mm-hmm. But next year, who's going to be that big name? I don't think you can get bigger next year than Undertaker unless you go with Triple H, honestly. Right. So we, or Vince himself. For all we know, you know, right. it's a narcissist. He might do it himself. So I think we should all do a little bit of research, table this for next mm-hmm. week. And, uh, can, can, I, can, I give a teaser? can I give a teaser? Um, one person that absolutely shouldn't be on the list, but I have them on my list early as a ballot. Um, the Funk Master. No. <laughs> all right. I know. I know. Because Funk Master, he, he came out with. Um, what are two? Um, I know one was um, Trinity, and then the other—I forgot the other girl's name. Um, God, they were like yeah. the Funkadelics. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. like I, I feel like we're at that point in the WWE where it's like now we can start putting in like the special acts. Also, um, I, I can say this one because I'm not going to use it for next week. Coco, beware! I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame or not. I'm always is. Is if he is, I apologize because I did not know that year. But if he's not, he should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. Now that's it. I'm gonna save the rest for next week. But he was my guy. I still have my little trading card with him. So. <laughs> all right. Well, that ends this thinking. week's. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> we all gotta think. That ends this week's section of wrestling thank everyone for uh, listening shout out to the listeners and the audience shout out to peter our first time this is first time here listening so thank you so much for supporting you're you're an amazing boot thing and i appreciate you so thank you for being in the audience and cue 
you can take it away. Well, thank you very, thank you very much for that update. Um, I'm glad I was semi-able to follow on until I got to that Hall of Fame discussion because I, yeah, don't know anything. <laughs> but um, you see, that's growth. I'm growing. I'm proud of myself. Proud of myself. Proud anyway. of you too. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And um, feel free um, to listen to the next episode of The Bell and the Mac. Um, ladies, do you want to tell when that episode will be dropping or will be live here on stereo? Of course. We will be live on stereo this Thursday if I am not on a flight to New York. I said to New York, <laughs> Florida. If I am on a flight to Florida, then we're going to make something work this weekend. But you will get a new episode this week, so check our socials so that way we can let you know when to listen here live on stereo. But if not this week, definitely next week, Thursday at 6, 6.30 here on stereo. So make sure you check us out. All right. All right. Thank you for that. And, you know, with this new update with stereo, you can actually leave a voice memo um, to your subscribers and fans. And they, they can hear directly from you when um, that will be taking place. And I was supposed to leave one this week to announce uh, the time for the, the new time for the show. Um, life happens. But you can, leave a, you can leave a voice note for anyone who follows you to tune in as well. So I guess shout out to Stereo for that. Nothing else on Stereo works, but I guess that works now. <laughs> um, again, thank you for that, ladies. Um, and now moving right along to the topic of the main topic of discussion, the double standard league. <sighs> so we finally have a resolution. We finally have a resolution to how long Deshaun Watson, the quarterback of the now of now the now the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, or formerly of the Houston Texans, how long he will be sitting out this season. Um, an independent, an independent um, arbiter, uh, judge, retired Judge Sue Robinson ruled today, this morning, that Watson will be suspended six games for violating the personal conduct policy. Um, he will not be fined. He will not be fined, um, but he will be out for six games. Both the league and the, and the NFLPA has the right to appeal. The NFLPA and Watson said that they are not going to appeal the decision. Um, the league, the league is determining whether they whether they are going to appeal. But it doesn't look like it's going to. Um, I know we was having a, a big discussion about this in our text group earlier today, um, and is the reason why I named it the double standard league. Um, there was a text that was sent in our group, um, Greg or Lou or Pat, if any of you all can pull that text up and uh, let us know what it said. But um, for Deshaun Watson to, to get accused um, of 20, by 24 different women of sexual improprieties uh, involving massages, um, and to get just six games 
when we had there's other players who have done um, other things that have warranted a suspension. Um, Calvin Ridley betting, betting and getting a full season, at least a full season. Um, I, I don't know how to feel about this because I know weeks ago we were like taking bets and, and predicting how long it would be. I said at least two years. Um, based off of the president precedent that was set in baseball with Trevor Bauer. Um, I know the league was going for a full year suspension. Um, so how do I feel? He gets six games after being accused 24 different times of sexual assault. Um, I think he'll get more. I do think the NFL will come down and give him more just because it's Roger Goodell. Um, well, I but, will say this. I will say this, before, um, not, and not to cut you off, Lou. The new, the new CBA um, took took uh, discipline for the personal conduct co- policy out of Goodell's hands, um, solely out of Goodell's hands. So the the league and the players' association appoints a like they have to agree on an independent um, arbitrator. To levy, to levy any type of uh, suspension when it comes to personal conduct. Now, yes, the league can appeal, and the appeal will get seen by who? No other than Roger Goodell. So it, it is quite possible, but that was one stipulation in the C, in the new CBA um, that it will take it almost completely out of Goodell's hands. So while, yeah, it, could, it, it is possible, but it's looking unlikely, especially if the Players Association is already saying, it said yesterday, it said last week, that they are not going, you know, the, the, the Players Association, Deshaun Watson, even the Browns, have already said they're not appealing this decision. So I, I don't know. Well, I mean, considering and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, like the, 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 the text that we were talking about earlier and uh, the whole Calvin Ridley situation, uh, you know, someone does PEDs. I mean, come on. It's <laughs> like you said, double standard. And for, you know, for Ridley to get suspended for a year, for betting, like, I think it was $1,200 on football. I mean, come on. The NFL is complicit in that shit. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's complete bullshit. It really is. I feel like there were a lot of people that were touching pussies that weren't just Deshaun Watson. And they know it. That's why the sentence is so light. Usually whenever you in the league, like, you'll see somebody with, like, PEDs and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, like, performance-enhancing drugs, they did that. Cool. Like, let's give them, like, eight games. And it's usually your favorites, people who are, like, the Josh Gordons of the world. It's like, damn, they have all this talent in the world, but they just consistently fuck up. But then you have this shit. And you're like, six games? Like, the, the punishment doesn't match the crime. Why not? And that's because there's shit that they aren't telling us or shit that you they know. know we you know, know what it is. You know, you know exactly. We can we we can stop beating around the bush and telling and telling exactly what it is. 
if the league would have came down with a year suspension of Deshaun Watson, everything that's in the closet about Daniel Mark Snyder comes to Hello. light. Yep. And that is something and that is something that the league does not want to happen because all kinds of skeletons will be coming out of the closet if that happens. I hate to sound like a prophet about this, but um, it's not even a prophecy. It's just shit that I've known. Um, crimes against women have low punishment in all sports. NBA, NFL, NHL, baseball. Um, whenever you hear like sex allegations or a man touching a woman inappropriately, hitting a woman, beating a woman, something like that. Um, guess what? The, the, the crime, usually they pay it off. The allegations mm-hmm. are dropped or something is dropped. And then what they do is they have what you would call poor performance on the field or, you know, they just say, you know what? Like we just cut them because they just didn't like fit the mold of the team. Right. The, the then, only ca- the only ca- and I agree with you 100 percent. The only case that did not happen mm-hmm. um, no, was Ray Rice. And he only yep. and he remember remember this was six seven years ago. He only got two games initially. He was only suspended yeah. two games initially, and then everyone was like, "What in the like for that?" It took it took a video. It took him beating his like on camera beating his wife in the elevator. Where you have to remember that was that was a different time. Like when I, all the yes. things I'm talking about right, right now are like recent shit. Like. When you speak of Ray Rice, it was a first. Also, Ben Roethlisberger was a first. Um, when yeah, it was right. uh, when it was socially acceptable to do whatever you wanted to do to your your spouse of the other gender, and you know you being the athlete, you were considered the popular person, so it was your word against theirs. And since the women didn't have a voice for themselves, it was easier for men to get away with literal murder. Like we've seen cases where dudes have like killed their wife. In the NFL and shit like that, and other Break sports as well. And, <laughs> hello, and it's like, oh, like, so the punishment doesn't fit the crime. So fast forward, like now, and it's like women have more of a voice, which they should have always had, and we also have these guys who are getting a little bit more bold in their actions. But the issue is, it's not just the athletes on the field who are doing this shit; it's the lawyers that are protecting them, the teams that are protecting them. They're not protecting those players, those people who are doing those actions. They're protecting the brand because guess what? That's behavior that that player or those players learned from the fucking organization. You could could not tell me that Deshaun Watson didn't get half of the connections he got for those masseuse and things like that from anybody else outside of the masseuse or the other people who worked for the Houston Texans. Now, somebody might call it blasphemy. I call it the truth. Like, Say, for example, all of us go to a bar. One of us probably either looked up the bar or we've been to that bar before. So when we make a referral, it's like, hey, y'all should go to this bar. You know, they have cheap drinks. What do you do? You go to that bar eventually because guess what? It has cheap drinks, right? So Deshaun Watson, in my estimation, did the exact same thing. Now, I'm not saying it to be true or not, but why not invite or, you know, at least refer Deshaun Watson to a masseuse who does happy endings or whatever because you've done it. I can almost guarantee, as sure as I'm black, somebody else on that team in Portland did the same shit. And it just won't come out because guess what? Somebody has to be a scapegoat. Um, that's why six games, to me, 
it sounds ridiculous, but I think the Six reason why... Six is a slap on the wrist. Well, think about it. It, it sounds like a slap, slap on the wrist. wrist. It, it sounds like a slap on the wrist until you realize, like, Daniel Snyder and Robert Kraft got away scot-free. Seems like a lifetime sentence if you think about it that way, don't it? Yeah. You put it that way? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Because Robert Kraft just got a fine from the league. Daniel Snyder is being protected by the league. Hello. And, and guess who's eligible? The, and guess who's eligible for the uh, Hall of Fame next uh, next season? Robert <laughs> Kraft. Robert Kraft. <laughs> Protect the brand, people. Um, uh, I'm going to say this and I'm going to just go on mute for a minute uh, just protect women man. the more us as men do things it just makes us look even more egregious and stupid but when we punish like when the men are allowed to like commit the crime and then create their own punishment it just feels like bullshit so when other men like myself, Lou and Q when we see these things like yo this, this shit doesn't make sense like make it make sense to me and you can't Especially when you look at past infractions from other players who did worse, and like, okay, um, so who are you actually protecting? Are you protecting the interests of the player or the interests of the brand? And the answer is the fucking brand. Um, NFL, this I can just say there's going to be more shit that comes out this year. And Deshaun Watson's probably been told not to say anything because if he speaks up, he's going to actually say more than he needs to say. Um, right. The six games and how much money was it? It was like $25 million that he ended up giving out. It justified his salary for getting paid for the Browns. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm so, it, 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 right. And, and also remember, also remember the Browns in that in that new deal that they signed with him made his base salary $1 million for a reason. Mm-mm-mm. Got to be his more careful. Salary. They made his base salary a million dollars this season for exactly this reason. They thought, oh, he's going to get a year. Oh, great. He's only he's only getting six games. That's six weeks. He, the first game that he's eligible to play is against ooh, the Ravens. <laughs> Figure that. Figure that. Oh, yeah. Cleveland, our, big, one of our, our second biggest rival other than the other than Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, and he gets to come back for that. Okay, great. Okay, great. We can go two and four, and maybe and maybe Deshaun Watson can win his eight games, and, and we can finish ten and seven. Awesome. The Browns are pro- probably fucking rejoicing, rejoicing right now. That is, and you know, they just, are. That is just six they games are. and not seventeen because they have the number one easiest schedule. The first six games of the uh, of the season. Hello. Lou mentioned that shit a few weeks ago, and I didn't believe him until he ran down that schedule. I, no, that wasn't even a couple weeks ago. That was, fuck, like, was when, when the schedule came like out? Two, it was two well, weeks ago, right? No, the schedule came out in, like, May. The schedule came out in May, I believe. And we ran down the schedule because I was talking about the Jets and all that other stupid shit. And I, I still right. believe what I said about the Jets, but when it comes to this, we were looking at the schedule, and I was like, yo, I can guarantee, I know we're doing, like, overs and unders, I gave my prediction about the Houston Texans and the uh, Cleveland Browns. I was like, oh, this, yeah. like, But that was before the Baker Mayfield trade, though. So now we're going to have to reevaluate some things. We're going to we, yeah, we're gonna have to reevaluate evaluate some things. So Jacob, Jacoby Brissett is going to more than likely be the starter. The Browns have – the Browns last Wait, week signed Josh – Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter these first six weeks. The first six weeks, he's going to be backed up by 
Mr. Journeyman himself, Josh Rosen. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait. I, I, can't, I love it. That's I can't why, wait. That's I, why I say the, Brown, the, Browns are, uh, the Browns are jumping for joy, but they only have to endure J- J- Jacoby Brissett for six games. Um, and... Yeah, they say they probably go two and four, and then they, and then and then here comes here comes Deshaun to the rescue to get them to get them to ten and seven. I think they go ten and seven now because like I really think they go ten and seven. I mean Deshaun will probably get them eight wins. I don't know how he's going to do it. I know how he's going to do it with Nick Chubb, but you know he probably gets them eight wins. He gets them to ten and seven after they go two and four. Those first six weeks that Deshaun is out. So if you're a Browns fan, I don't. I think you're rejoicing today. That is only a six game suspension. And I say they're, that, they're, they're and not say going that, ten and seven. They're not going. And ten I say and that seven. with lots of scar. I say that with lots of uh, sarcasm. Wait, who's <laughs> yeah, not going okay. to seven? Who's not going to the seven? The Browns are not Cleveland. going to seven. They're not going um, ten and seven. Ten, uh, hot take, hot take, hot take, hot take. They're going five and one the first six games. I'm going to mute. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh, wow! Okay. Oh boy! Okay. That okay. that that's a, that's a burning hot take. But, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me once say one more thing, and I'm gonna go back on mute. Um, when fine. I say they're going five and one, it's because NFL narratives say so. What's going to happen, and we know it to be true, is they're gonna be like, "Dang, like the Browns, they're five and one. You know, they may start, you know, winning the first three games, they lose one game, and then they win the other three, and then it's like." If they really need Deshaun Watson, you're going to see those articles. And then you're going to see the, well, are they going to just keep Jacoby as the starter and just, like, let him serve out his punishment? Talking about Deshaun Watson. These are articles that Bleacher Report, Athletic, Yahoo Sports, they're going to be writing this shit for six weeks. And then they're going to go on a slide. And the reason why is they're going to go on a slide because they're going to try to make him seem like a savior in order to justify the price they paid for him. And they're going to end up a wild card seat. You heard it here first, and this is before I do my prediction. I want somebody to clip what I just said, put it in our group chat, because if this shit happens, play your lotto numbers that week. Play <laughs> your fucking lotto numbers. That's it. Okay. All right. Um, moving on from the shine to someone, another another wide receiver who got the bag this weekend. Actually, not even this weekend. Yesterday, he signed it today. Debo Samuel signed a three-year extension with San Francisco 49ers uh, with a potential value of up to 70, $73 million. So he got basically Terry McLaurin money um, with $56 million guaranteed. So, ladies and gentlemen, the moral of the story is if you beg and whine like a petulant kid, eventually you'll get, eventually you'll get paid. If you're an NFL wide receiver, am I right or am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, if you're as good as him and you whine about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, yeah. If you're just it. if you're just a mediocre receiver and whine about it, then they'll laugh you at get, you. Then you get eighty four million. Like, you get eighty four million, like Christian Kirk did in Miami. Okay, yeah, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I, I mean, the, the wide receiver market has just been completely upset. I mean, reset, completely reset. They're playing mm-hmm. wide, they're, they're paying wide receivers like quarterbacks. The next quarterback, I'm sorry, running back, running back. I mean, quarterback. Is he a running back? Or is he a, the next quarterback to get paid 
because the market was reset again with Kyla Murray's deal is the aforementioned Lamar Jackson. That man got to That man is going to get. Yes. Yes. I agree. Disgusting. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah, so Devo got it. Oh, hey, I mean, that's all we talking about. Devo, he got his bag. Hey, he's now uh, $58 million richer. All that money guaranteed. Um, but hey, but he's I'm going to go back. Gonna... I'm going to go to what um, AJ Brown said uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter. And basically, the four big rivals, the four like second, non first round rivals that came out in the 2018 class. Um, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, uh, someone else, someone else. They all got paid. He, he said this. Look at all those that was asking for, con- for contracts, one in the fourth year. All got paid, but only I got traded. So that so throwing shade at the Tennessee Titans in that one. Um, and where did AJ end up at again? Philly. Yep. And then he got his suspension from Philly. Four years, a hundred million. Oh yeah, but basically the point, that, the point that he was trying to make was all those teams talking about, and uh, he was throwing direct shade at the Titans. All of those receivers they now they got extensions and they're going into their fourth year in the league. Only me got traded. Only I, only him got traded. Yeah, Tennessee got some releases. That, but that's how the league works, though. I really wish he would understand that. Like, you got traded to a, in my personal opinion, a team that's going to allow you to win in a division that you should win. Um, Tennessee just wasn't a fit for him. And Tennessee is not a market that's going to pay you, bro. So there's that. Like, they literally let Julio walk for fucking pennies on a dollar after going and getting him for, like, X amount. And they're like, you know what? He, he can walk. They let both of y'all go. That's what he's missing. A.J. Brown, yes, like, it's either pay you or Derrick Henry. Motherfucker, you're gone. What, like, hello? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> what? Like, and I, I know that sounds like a complete asshole statement to say, but I, I really wish he would just understand that because it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, if I had to pay, you know, my guy, you know, my running back who's literally, like, you the workhorse yeah the workhorse. and when i put it in context like i'll even use um homeboy from san francisco um devo right devo mm-hmm. he got paid but I, I hate to be the black omen about this he's not going to last all season because with him getting paid that money let's not forget that he has to play two positions this year and all remember, you have to do is catch a ball in philly catch a ball they're not asking you for the first three downs to run for six yards per carry like they did Debo Samuels in San Francisco. Debo is getting his money because they're like, okay, we got George Kittle. We don't know if he's going to be healthy or not. Cool. We got Jimmy Garoppolo and the other uh, Trey Lance. We're trying to figure out who's the quarterbacks here. On, here, We need somebody who's going to say, you know what? I'm going to talk all shit all offseason so they can pay me or else I'm going to walk. San Francisco mm-hmm. thought like this. We'll pay him. So he can't walk. And here's the thing. If he doesn't produce, he's still worth a trade. Somebody's going to want him for value because they see him as a dual fucking threat. 
how many team, how many teams in the NFL can say they have a number one wide receiver that's also a number one running back? Not many. You know how many teams have an AJ Brown? I can count many. on the top of my hand. Oh, many, seven. many. I, I can count seven. And Tampa Bay has three of them. So hello, like <laughs> I, I, I lie to you not. If Tampa <laughs> Bay has three of you. AJ Brown, and then you got Washington who just paid, you know, McLaurin. So you got that, and that's what four. Then when I'm thinking about Pittsburgh, they got Chase Claypool, who I still believe is going to be an absolute fucking stud this year. He's in my he's literally in my top five wide receivers for fantasy football this year. I'm gonna fuck with anybody says Chase Claypool is going to be that fucking guy this year. So that's five for me. Then we have um what was uh Hunter Winfro for me. I feel like he's gonna be in the top ten because if everybody's focused on Darren Waller getting healthy, staying healthy and everything, we got Hunter Winfro. He's going to be a dog. You got Cooper Cup. You got um, homeboy that just went to Miami. So that's rounded out with eight, nine. And then I'm trying to think of who is my 10. Eight, probably A.J. Brown at that point. And the only reason I say that is because any person who goes to Philly from another team or gets traded to Philly, they have to prove themselves. The only person who's gone back to Philly – or traded to Philly that produced was Deshaun Watson. And, uh, what's the name? Deshaun Jackson. When he got traded back to Philly. Everybody else who's been traded to Philly, it's like, yeah, we gave you money, but you didn't produce because it's Philly. <laughs> and the other, it's honestly Philly. The, I just want to add this. The, the other thing to this Debo contract, he has incentives in this contract if he reaches certain rushing numbers. Mm-hmm. He gets an extra six hundred and fifty thousand each year. He has three hundred and eighty or more rushing yards, and one hundred and fifty thousand more if he scores three rushing touchdowns at any year. So he came out earlier and said he didn't want to be the rushing, you know, receiver, the rushing guy, and everything. And I mean, this gives him incentive to go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. So yes, he he. That, uh, sufficient to say he got the bag. He got the yes. bag. Um, whew, that was uh, that was that was that was interesting. Um, so yeah. moving, moving on, moving on. Um, my favorite part of the year. Oh yeah. My fa- oh, before we get to our favorite part of the year, Greg, do you want to talk about and and talk about? Um, our new fantasy football league that we launched today. I'll let you yeah, I'll make it take real over brief. that. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, real brief. Every year we do like the pickums, uh, but this year we're doing fantasy football as well. So anybody who wants to join, uh, it'll be all over the social medias. Q, Lou, Pam, Ashley, and I will all post the link for people to join the fantasy football thing. I'm not going to make it an 18 team league and it's only 32 teams in the league. We do not need you grabbing all the running backs, all the receivers, all the tight ends and shit. We're going to keep it real small, real brief. It's going to be 10, possibly 12, depending on how many people, you know, activate for this league. Right now, I think we have, what, the five of us. And then we have, I think Baylor is going to be joining if he hasn't already joined already. And whoever else wants Mm -hmm. to join. So right now, we know for a fact we have a solid six. Now, the smaller the pool for these teams means that, you know what, the competition is going to be real thick when it comes to the season. Um, we're going to obviously, like after wrestling, when we get into football and stuff like that, we're going to be talking our shit because uh, Q likes to brag about being number one when it comes to picking. 
even though I think he ended up being uh was he second or third? Yeah, right? I, I, because, I, I I was third last year. I wasn't I was, yeah. last year wasn't wasn't really good. Yeah. But it, it's okay yeah, it because good. you know it's just, a just like well, just like Antonio Brown says, you know, there's always the next team, right? So <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus Christ. What I, what I what I will say is I personally, and I'm speaking for the sports desk in general, like I would implore people to join because it gets you engaged with the show. And more importantly, it lets us know that you know your football. Because we talk on here every week. And God forbid when Monday Night Football comes on, it's going down. Because Q is going to be one of those people who is going to let you know that out of all the, you know, the 16 games that happened, he picked 14 of them right. And usually he does. Usually, you was really on par with being right. I think the only games, like, when I look back at the record from last season, the only games that we all collectively include, like, when I say collectively, I'm talking mostly Q. The only games I can remember Q really getting wrong were money games. When I say money games, the games that actually mattered when it came to FanDuel and DraftKings. Because he kind of picked with his heart with those teams. <laughs> and the, the Sunday night game and the Thursday night game is where he missed the most when it came to the pickups. So now he has to not only do pick but he has to make sure that he picks his players for uh, Yahoo Fantasy. Now, I have to say this last thing I'll be done. I had two people message me and say, why didn't we do the FanDuel or the DraftKings League? The reason why I didn't go that route this year is because I want to do a test, like a filler for people who are actually mm-hmm. going to be consistent because if I have to go and start investing money into FanDuel this year, even though I said I wasn't going to, I would rather know that we have a league that we're doing every like every week. So for the what eighteen weeks, people are going to put mm-hmm. their five dollars in a week or ten dollars in a week, and I feel like it has to be top two. <laughs> like the top two people win every week, and it has to be that way because a lot of people after like week five or six, when they realize they haven't won any money, they kind of drop off. So this year we're keeping it free for people. Now when y'all really want to come back with the big dogs like Lou and Q. And y'all know what y'all are doing with spreads and stuff like that. Then we can start talking about FanDuel leagues for money. Um, I personally, I'm not playing FanDuel this year and I'm sticking to it. Q and Lou, please make me stick to this shit because I'm vowing to not go down that rabbit hole of $20 on Sundays and Thursdays. So I'm staying away from that one. But Q and Lou will definitely give a recap, especially when it comes to baseball, you know, because y'all are good on that. But I'm staying away. So, again, to round it out, join the Yahoo Fantasy Pick'em and the Fantasy Football Team. The links will be in the show notes, and we'll post it all over on social media. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Greg. Um, and now, the most fun time of the year, our over and under prediction for this upcoming 2022 season. So, a couple of weeks ago, DraftKings Sportsbook produced uh, their over and unders uh, for each team in the league. So, don't yell at me uh, for the over for the over and under that you hear uh, here for each team. Uh, talk to the people at DraftKings because this is the list that comes from them. All right, are you ready? We're going to go in alphabetical order and. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm not gonna draw it out like like last year. I'm just gonna say the team, the over and under, 
um, and give your prediction. All right. First up, yes, sir. your your team, Greg, the Arizona Cardinals. DraftKings has them over has their over and under set at eight and a half wins. Uh, mm, I hate saying what they write. I think they have a a bad year where they question Kyler, and then uh, what's his name is out for DeAndre Hopkins out for six weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I got them winning eight, but they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna tie a game that could have been a potential playoff spot. So I'm, I'm gonna just go with eight games. So I'm, I'm gonna break it. I'll just give them eight games. Okay, so you're going. Barely under, but under. Okay, Lou. Eight and a half for the Arizona Cardinals. Push. I guess you can't push eight and a half, huh? Um, let me okay. rephrase that. I'm gonna say under, but barely. Okay. Okay, I am going to go. Ooh, this is tough because as much as I want to go over with the Cardinals, they. For the last three years, they have imploded towards the second in the second half of the season, and all of those years came have come with Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach and Kyler Murray as the quarterback. I'm going on. I'm going under. I think they went seven. I'm not even going eight. I think they went seven, and Cliff Kingsbury is fired along with Steve Kahn. All right, next team up, the Atlanta Falcons. They're over and under. Over under is set at five wins. Mm. Under. Okay, I got under as well. Under as well. I'm going. I'm going under. They're going to win, maybe two. Maybe two. They have the potential to be the worst team in the league this year. All right. Going up I-95 to Baltimore. The Ravens have their over-under set by DraftKings at nine and a half wins. Way under. They're not winning more than six games this year. Wow. Okay. Um, You said nine games? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I'll go under also. In a first, because you know I I do not like I do not like the Baltimore Ravens. And their RB one is not a quarterback. I mean, you know, their quarterback is an RB one. I am going to go over. The problem with the Ravens last year, they were not healthy. At all. They lost two of their running back in the start of training camp. Lamar Jackson um, was injured the last five weeks. Uh, they lost their starting corner. Marlon Humphrey was injured last year. Marcus Peters ended up on IR on that last year. Um, their office, a lot of their offensive line, including Ronnie Stanley, was on IR last year. If they stay healthy, that's an easy over. I'm going over. Next up, the Buffalo Bills. Under over and under is set at eleven and a half wins. 
What the fuck? <sighs> yeah. Um, he's the new face of the league, Josh Allen. Um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to go over. And the only reason I'm going to go over is that's the only way I'm ever going to see him and Brady in the Super Bowl. So, and I think that's what they're trying to aim for. They, they've literally cleared out the NFC so Brady can get it. And they've pretty much said, you know what? The AFC, as long as we can fuck up Kansas City, Buffalo should be a shoe-in, right? That's the Super Bowl we're getting next year. We're getting Tampa versus Buffalo. And I'm fine with that. Okay. I, I'll go over. I, I'll go over. Okay. What was the number again, Q? 11 or 11 and a half? 11 and a half. <clears throat> Ooh. Under. Ooh. I need an explanation. Okay. I need you an explanation. Want to, no. All right. Um, uh, lack of a running game. Um... Mm, that's about it. Lack of a running game. <laughs> so, so they. So, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna just pose something to you, and I want you to think about it the way I'm thinking about it right now. Okay. And okay. Hopefully, I don't want to change your mind. No, no, no. You're good. The, the Buffalo Bills are the Colts in reverse last year, where mm, the Colts had the run game. They had a a, a capable quarterback. Keyword capable, but they had no receivers. They didn't have an offensive line. Buffalo doesn't have a run game, but they have the offensive line. They have a quarterback. The receivers, when healthy, including Gabriel Davis, because I think he's going to be a stud this year. And they're proven to actually win games. I, I hate to be the, the guy to say this, and it's going to disgust me to say it, because now I'm going to hear it in my head from Stephen A. Smith once Aaron Rodgers is gone. Um, <laughs> Buffalo is everything that Green Bay should be, but on the AFC. Because Green Bay is always one game away. Buffalo is always one game away, at least for the past three or four seasons, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So... When I look at the Colts, because I want to tie it in, the Colts just seem like everything that Buffalo should have been last year and Buffalo should have been what the Colts were last year. The thing is, they each were missing a piece. If I had to miss a piece in order to get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be the run game. Because the beautiful thing about it is you can always get you a running back. All those other like money positions that clearly are being overpaid, like wide receiver, you you don't have to overpay in Buffalo. They just have receivers who get it done. Like T.Y. Okay. Hilton isn't getting it done for the Colts, um, but Gabriel Davis clearly got it done for Buffalo. And if you don't, you always have a quarterback that. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, he could scramble. I mean, yeah. Um, um, didn't, didn't Buffalo, didn't they draft Delvin Cook's uh, younger brother? I, I want to say they did. Didn't Q, can you look that up, please? I want I swear to God, I, I saw that article, too. It was on a, uh, Athletic. And they were talking about the comparison between Dalvin and his brother. And they right. were saying that his brother is actually supposed to like succeed him because of the fact that he's even more of a stout running back. But he has the legs to withhold him. Like, are you trying to tell me he's better than his brother? 
if that's possible and Buffalo has him, cool. You're right. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean James Cook. James Cook. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have him? Oh boy. Second round. Um, number the sixty third pick in the second round. All right. So um hmm. So y'all better not I, get to him before I do. Wait, he's in Buffalo too. So yeah, cute. Yes, if, he is. If you could do, if you could do me another, uh, like solid, please. Um, if you could please Google who are the starting running backs for Buffalo. Devin Singletary. Yep. Oh, and, oh, this is gonna be easy. Go, yeah. go get. <laughs> and who's, who's the other one? Like, uh, Moss, isn't it Moss? Does he still play with them? Chad I Moss. Got I think so. And but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Neither one of them have done anything the past few years. Yo, I'm telling you. Can you imagine if the the in the top five running backs this year? Obviously, you're gonna have the Derrick Henrys of the world. But if you have both the Cook, yo, hear me out. Go get that man <laughs> in fantasy football because that's who I'm hunting for. I might waste my third, like my third or fourth, like pick to get him. If I can't get like a solid tight end, I'm going and getting that man because he's going to be a starter by week four. Well, this Air is what I'm saying. And then what I'm going to say is, and this is my hot take, is I think he is a sneaky, sneaky pick for uh, offensive rookie of the year. Yes. Absolutely. And he's going to be that guy that is going to be 42 to 4,600 for the first eight weeks right. in fantasy football. And he's like, this motherfucker. Yeah, he only had 78 yards. We had two, possibly three touchdowns at the goal line. Yes. Because here's the thing. You don't have to waste the yardage with him. Like, yeah, Devin Singletary is going to get all the, the scrambles and stuff like that. But at that goal line, boy. It's going to be reminiscent of the New Orleans Saints. Actually, you know what? That's the best estimate of it. Uh, Kamara and uh, who is the dude's name that went to Baltimore? Uh, Murray. Um, Mark Ingram. Now Latavius. Yeah, Mark Ingram. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Latavius Murray. God, what an what a asshole he ends up being. Well, him, but, him too. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Q, I don't want to change Lou's opinion. I'm going with over now because <laughs> – I'm talking about <laughs> James Cook. He said, I don't want to I, change his opinion, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more I think about I'm like, yo, like, every year there's that one running back where you're like, you know what? Like, I wish I would have had them. He's going to. Uh, see, see, now you got me thinking now. I just said, dude could be like the offensive rookie of the year. He could be the dude that gets Buffalo over the hump now. Man. All right, I'm gonna change mine. I'm over. I'm over. <laughs> oh, he's thinking about it now. He's like, I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're over. Okay, all right. Um, the next team on the list. Oh, I, I, I'm definitely over. I'm definitely over. Um, just, just thinking about what they added. We have a. They added a slot receiver in Jamison Crowder, the running back in James Cook. Uh, they got OJ Howard. Oh, there's our OJ Howard sighting. He's in Buffalo now. All right. Um, what? Yeah, over. Are you shitting me? Yes. OJ Howard is in Buffalo. Man, listen. Listen. I ain't going to say it again. Over. <laughs> Yo, they, are trying to, they are trying to. And the thing is, what they're doing is. Okay. How can I round this out real quick? 
with Gronk gone, Tampa Bay is loading up on receivers that they know for a fact when everybody else is injured, they have to play. The only person they did, that they didn't go get was A.J. Green. They literally would have had the, like, four of the best, like, ten wide receivers in the league from four years, four or five years ago on their team today. So we're going to get Tampa Bay coming out. So cool. I'm fine with that. But Buffalo, they have everything. Like, I, I can't find a bad thing outside. And we even convinced, well, I convinced everybody that the run game was good. And I don't like Devin Singletary. I see him in FanDuel. I'm like, yo, like, who else is like, if he's worth like 4500 I'm like, who's just 4000 Because fuck right. that. Right, <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> like, no. He's going to let you down every time. Q, but you I might be able to answer this for me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Greg. I don't mean to cut you off real quick. No, go ahead. Um, Buffalo's receivers, all right? They got Stephon Diggs. And Gabriel Davis, who else is the who else are the receivers? Like James these are three and four. Okay, he, he just signed. Okay, and the uh, the fourth is I'm not sure who's the fourth. Disgusting. But I know they do have. I know they do have Jamison. They just they signed Jamison Crowder to be their slot receiver to be basic to. He's in to replace um, Cole Beasley. Oh, I gotta look at this depth chart because oh, just give me one sec because I'm looking at our lads, right? So I, I just want to be sure that everything I'm hyping him out to be is right. Um, so James Cook is the running back number two outside of Devin Singletary because they decided they oh and they have Zach Moss at number three. How the fuck did the rookie overtake Zach Moss? And he was the one who had the most yardage last year. On the but, so there's that. Okay, because he had the most yardage, but how much yardage, like, like how many yards did he actually have? All, all I can say is he had more. And mind you, oh. And I, <laughs> well, and- At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And also, also don't forget, now this, I'm looking at the roster for Buffalo. If these motherfuckers don't make the Super Bowl, fuck them. Because they had Case Keenum as Josh Allen's backup, which I think he's a capable quarterback. Uh, Matt Barkley is not, but we're just going to leave that there. They're running backs. you got Devin Singletary, James Cook, who we talked about, Zach Moss, Tywin Jones, who nobody cares about. But they also have Duke Johnson. That's a sneaky pickup right there. So we leave that where it is. When it comes to receivers, mm-hmm. though, they have uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, um, Jamison Crowder. They have... Uh, guy by the name of Isaiah McKenzie, which I'm like, okay, cool. Um, Jake Kumaro, don't know who that is. They also have Tavon Austin. How the fuck they pull that off? What? And then... Well, that dude's been trash for... Trash? I mean, he's been ass. He's been... Yeah. Right. But, you know what? There were a lot of people on the Rams who have a ring now, and they just did nothing. Also, JaVel McGee has four rings. But for another day. Um, but then when I look at the tight ends, I know we mentioned OJ Howard. 
I know we mentioned him, but we forgot that Dalton Knox was in the top 10 tight ends last year. Yeah. Dalton yeah, Knox. He'll make the Pro Bowl this year. He'll make the Pro oh, Bowl. Oh, he will. Buffalo, don't let me down. I put y'all as an over, and I'm going on mute because I want, <laughs> I really want to be right. Because as a Cardinals fan, you heard what I said about them. You heard what I said about them. So, yeah. Please, please, Buffalo, be my be the team that I want you to be. Next up, you got, you? <clears throat> Next up is the Carolina Panthers. Under at six and a half wins. Uh, damn, can you go under that? <laughs> can you go under? Uh, right, right? Fuck. Um honestly, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over with them. They'll win seven games. Uh, 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 no, I'm gonna go under. I gotta go under. <laughs> Somebody has to lose. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, Baker, Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. That's All fair. right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under it. Um, they're about to clean house in Carolina. Um, so yeah, I'm going under. I'm going under. All right. Next, we have the Chicago Bears up, and they're over under a set of five and a half wins. Under. In, in, in Chicago might. They're going to give Atlanta a fight for the worst team in the league. I think. Because Justin Justin Fields has nobody to throw to. <laughs> yeah, Except um, for Donnell Mooney. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah. yeah, I tried to campaign for them and then I looked at the roster. Um mm-hmm. see I said this last week. I said this last week. He was like, No, they're gonna win six games. They're gonna six, at least six games out of the first eleven. No. No, no, I'm. I'm they still, have, when I, they no, have nobody. I, I, I wasn't finished. They're still going to win six games. They're just going to be six ugly ass games. There's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with winning games that nobody cares about because a, every year a wins a win. Like, yeah, we we see games. And it's like, oh, well, that team just took the day off because like it's week eighteen and they already had fucking eleven wins, right? Like they know they're in the playoffs, right? Like they are. They already knew that they were winning. So there's that. But then you have teams like Chicago who are like, they're ass, but they win by like a field goal. Like their team actually performed because the other team was just being shitty. Or teams like, you know, teams that they play are just bad. Now that I'm, hold on, I have to look at the Bears thing again, Bears schedule. Because I, I want to be sure that I'm not sounding like an asshole when I look at the Bears schedule. So we look at the Bears schedule. Regular season, week one, they play the Niners, then they play the Packers. So they'll start probably 0-2. They play the Texas. They win that one. They play the Giants. They win that one. Um, I have them beating the Vikings. I think the Vikings are fluke, so that's three. So they'll be three and two, right? The Washington Commanders, um, and they're playing at Soldier Field. Um, that, that game will end up being a tie because Washington knows how to blow a game. So there's that. Um, then you got Patriots, Dallas. So I have right now, I said three games that they would win, right? So you got three games that they would win. They play week nine, the Dolphins, and week 10, the Lions. So out of those games, I think that they could win 
against the Lions at least, right? So that's four games. They play the Falcons, five games. Then you have the Jets, week 12. That's a win or a loss. You can make that six games, right? So I'll just say they beat the Jets week 12, six games. Then they have a bye week 14. They come back and play the Eagles, the Bills, the Lions, and the Vikings all over again. If they beat the Lions, that means they won seven games. Even if they lose to the Eagles, Bills, and the Vikings for week 18. Right? Okay. So I'm saying Chicago's still going to win six games. At least. If the here's the thing. If the Bears don't win more than six games, I will uh oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a bet that's not like egregious, right? Right, right, right. If if the Bears don't win more than six games, what I will do is I will wear the jersey of an opposing team of an opposing team that Q gets to pick and I'll go to their rival's bar wearing that jersey. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, I'm not going to throw Philly wearing, like, a Dallas jersey. You're right. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but I would definitely go and buy a jersey from somewhere. Like, like oh, yeah, I'll buy a Carolina jersey to go in to Atlanta, like, no, no big deal. Like, sure. <laughs> we'll be all at yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> okay. All right. Next up. Next up. And I'm definitely going under. Yeah, you did. Uh, the Chicago, the Chicago Bears have, are going to give Atlanta a run for their money for the worst team in the NFL uh, this season. All right. The Cincinnati Bengals. Over and under set at 10 wins. This is who? 10. For Tampa? No, Cincinnati. No, Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Mm. Um. Mm. Mm. Damn. I know. It's it did, yeah. Damn. It's hard. It's hard because um, can, can I just push? I, I want to push. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm this one you push. can actually. Yes, you can because because it's a it's a it's an even number. It's not a yeah. half. I, I'm going to push, and the only reason I say that is because I feel like they're going to beat enough people in their division to still make the fucking playoffs. That's sad to think about. Is that po- is that possible? If they win ten games out of a eighteen game season, that means they would be ten and seven. They could still technically be a wild card team, right? With ten wins, yes. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With ten wins because there's three. You know, it's three. There's three yeah. wild cards. Okay. So yeah, I- I'll go with ten. I think that's a-, a good push. If any other teams that we've seen so far, yeah, especially in the AFC, yeah, ten wins. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll give it to them. They got to push. Okay. Um, I mean, as much as I hate to, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go over. I think they're the real deal. Why are you Burr, doing this? Burr, dude, Jamar Chase, I mean. Uh, are you... Lou, I'm setting things up. I'm setting this up. I, I know. Already knocked on. 
Don't worry. We haven't even got we haven't even got to the AFC West yet. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. 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 I gotta. I was getting worried. Like you know, I was, you were making questionable picks with Baltimore and with Cincinnati. I was like, oh fuck, no, we can't do this. Well, Baltimore, I said under though, didn't I? Okay. 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 All right. I'm just I'm just setting the scene. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Because okay, I'm going to wait till I'm talking to <laughs> I'm gonna go under. I'm not under. Shit, the fuck am I thinking? I'm over. I'm going. I'm going over. over. Okay. okay. Going over. Yep. Going over. All right. The next scene on our list. Ooh, that's too high. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Mm. You I know can't what? wait. What does draft? What? what what draft does has does not have them listed. This might have changed because of the suspension now. Oh, they had them unlisted. Oh, that means yeah, they definitely edited that article. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna just go and make a bold prediction. Um, I, I'm gonna say over eight and a half. Over eight and, and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna give them nine games. I, I think I can give them nine games comfortably. Okay. Okay. Uh, Lou? I would love to look up DraftKings Sportsbook right now to see if they've updated it since the news came out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you can go and look. Are you looking or you want me to? You can, yeah, you can go ahead and look. I'm, um, I'm multitasking and also trying to order something to eat while Uber eats. <laughs> so. you're, you're, you're fine. Um, <laughs> Sorry, give me one second here. No worries, no worries. Take your time. While he's looking up that, I just want to say one more thing about the Chicago Bears. Um, Go ahead. As somebody who isn't a fan of the Chicago Bears, um, I feel like Chicago is owed something because they've been holding on to the Bulls since fucking 1998. And it's time. Like, Dirk Rose is gone. Jordan's gone. Um, Chirac is gone. Chief Keith is gone. Uh, yeah. It's, everybody's it's gone. Yeah, everybody's gone. Chicago needs something. And as much as people talk of Justin Fields, there should be something. Like, Justin Fields should technically be Lamar Jackson for Chicago. Like, he should be just hanging out in you know, the streets of Chicago being considered a legend because he's just like, he's won three games and shit. Like, yeah, um, I'm expecting that, but I know not to because anything is possible. But it just, this, this for me, I know that they're going to win six games, possibly seven. If they win seven games, I'll be surprised. Six games I can deal with. And the only reason I say that is because when we get to the Jets, we're going to have a talk. We're going to have a talk. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, I found it. It is updated. And Greg, what did you say you were going to take for the Browns? You said eight and oh, a half. I said eight and a half. Well, the over-under is set at nine and a half. Oh. Oh, so when I said nine games, then, yeah, that's on par. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, can, I can live with that. 
at least with the Browns, the only reason I can say that is because they'll be the one team that's supposed to be a wild card, and they don't end up being a wild card because they lost to the wrong team. So, not when it seems about <laughs> it seems about right for them. All right, um, I'm going under. Wow. Oh, because one man ain't going to save that team. Um, wow. So you going? So wait, we're both going under there because you said it was nine and a half, right? So if yes. I said nine and you're going under nine. Okay, so we're both even then. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... Um, nah, everyone's looking too much into this. Mm-hmm. You got to remember, the, the Sean Watson, when he did play, he he was prone to throwing some interceptions too. Yep. So, I mean, unless they rely heavily on their run game, which I know they're going to do the first six weeks, um, mm-hmm. but is that enough to win them games? I don't think so. So, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm going under. Okay. I'm going to go under because, again, I don't see... Um, they're, go, they're going to go two and four. Maybe even one and five. Maybe even one and five. Um, the six games that Deshaun Watson is out. And I don't see Deshaun reeling off nine wins in a row. No, I just don't. I just don't. I just don't. So I'm gonna go under. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. All right. Ooh, that was fun. Um, the Dallas Cowfox. I mean Cowboys. Their over under is set at ten wins. Can we just hammer the under? Hammer it! Hammer it! <laughs> <laughs> you said it ten. Ten. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're going under. All right, Greg. Oh, he's reconnecting. <laughs> oh Lord, he, he's having oh. issues. Oh man, I, I, I guess that um that that over under um had to have him leave. Oh my God, ten wins with the amount of pieces that Dallas lost this off season, and and with a running back, um, aka. Who is that running back? Oh, oh, um, Zeke, who who plays worse now than uh, what's that boy's name? Um, Todd Gurley. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no. You I'm, know Vegas. You, yeah, you know Vegas loves Dallas. All right, he's back now. Sorry, my thing froze. Hey, no worries. Whatever you said, uh, I don't care. Dallas is only going to win four games. Fuck them. Oh, yeah, we both said under. <laughs> did you it. hear what did you hear what the over under was, Greg? No, nah, what was the over under? Ten. Fuck them. Under. <laughs> All Fuck right. Em. Denver the Denver Broncos is next yeah. with an this over is the under tricky. of ten games. Ooh. Under. Wow. Under. Under. Mm. What are y'all expecting? What the fuck are y'all expecting from Russell Wilson? He's literally in Seattle, but it snows because he's not in a dome. I, I, I get that y'all are trying to make him be like the, the like the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. News clip. No. He left a better team. He literally left a better fucking team. The issue is the coach. Everybody's been trying to tell Seattle it's not the players that you keep fucking up with. It's the goddamn coach. 
They lost the Super Bowl because the coach decided to make a shitty play. Yep. And they haven't been right since. They've literally lost the fucking Legion of Doom because of the coach. They've had players go and demand trades because of the fucking coach. Russell Wilson said, you know what? I'm going to leave Seattle. He didn't want to leave Seattle from, you know, because of the fact that his, uh, not the sister or whatever, but he had an issue with Tyler Lockett. He had an issue with the receiver. No, the receivers were doing what the fuck they were supposed to do, listening to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson wasn't the problem. The receivers weren't the problem. It's the fucking coach. The coach got one fucking ring, and all of a sudden they think that he's like Mike Brown or uh, what's the, what's the terrible ass coach in Miami for the Heat that everybody swears a good coach, and we're like, no, he's a good coach. He, yes, like everybody swears Spolstra is a good coach. No, dummy, like he just literally had three of the best players at the same fucking time. Like it, it it's really feeling like that for me. So when I think of them, I'm like, like, are we are we really having this conversation right now? No. No, just, no, it's worse than Dallas. I'm sorry. It, it's fucking worse than Dallas. Absolutely not. Okay. Why? I, ew. for one, like, he's, he's an ew. <laughs> 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 All right. Oh, I, for one, I, I'm not crowning Russell Wilson, the Broncos, or nothing. Do I think they'll be, like, better than what they were? Of course. No, mm. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win the division or, you know, nothing like that. But, um, and you said the over-under was what, 10 uh, Q? Yes, 10, 10 wins. All right, I'm going under also. Not far under, but I'm going under. Okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go under as well because, um, yeah, everyone in the league is trying to make Russell Wilson be better than he really is. Exactly. Um... Does he improve? Does he improve Denver? Yes. Thank you. Exactly. Is he a competent quarterback? Yes. Is he the savior for for Denver? No, he's not Peyton Manning. Right. Did we forget that his fucking finger was being held up by like a a lollipop stick? Like, are, are we forgetting this shit? Are we also forgetting the fact that like we just said that the Cincinnati Bengals like. They were technically tied. If I, if you could remind me what the over under was for Cincinnati, and then we're sitting here talking about Denver. Cincinnati Denver is was, not, was uh, ten and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if they're ten and a half, there's no fucking way Denver should be even at nine. There's no. It can't happen. Numerically, it can't happen. And the reason why I say that is because somebody has to come out of the AFC as a wild card seed that's actually going to advance, and it can't be both. So it's either going to be Cincinnati or it's going to end up being Denver. Denver in my Cortland Sutton is not fucking better than Tyler Chase. I'm sorry, than Jamar Chase. There's no, there's no fucking way. I'm sorry. And remember, they don't have Jerry Judy. They don't have Jerry Judy because he wanted to get himself arrested over in the offseason. Yes. So he, he's facing a suspension. But his and thing, they, and, and they noticed, lost the tight end, too. They lost Noah Fant, too. Yeah, but I've noticed this with, you know, even Seattle in recent years. They don't bank on the team of Seattle being good. They banked on Russell Wilson just performing at an MVP caliber. And that's how they usually phrase it when it came to, like, Russell Wilson. They're like, oh, he's playing MVP caliber. I'm like, he's playing MVP caliber. But 
all six of their running backs are injured because the fucking coach got them injured running them fucking 34 times a game when you have a quarterback who can literally throw the fucking ball. I mean, how, how do you injure Rashad Penny after he's been out for eight weeks? Now that he's healthy, you injure him week one by running him 18 times. And, and, don't, and remember, and remember, we don't have Chris Carson. Uh, Seattle doesn't have Chris Carson anymore because he retired. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So the thing is, they want to continue to do this run first thing. Tell me when's the last time that worked, and who the running back was when it worked. Didn't he go to Oakland and they tried that shit with him? He's like, oh no, fuck that. Y'all ain't gonna run me into the goddamn ground. <laughs> can I? Can, can we just be honest here? The fact that the NFL and these over and unders are really banking on Russell Wilson getting that team to 10 wins. This is the one time that I hope that I'm wrong when I'm say what I'm about to say. Russell Wilson is no longer that good. I hate to be that person to say that. When I look at the league, especially now in the AFC, Russell Wilson is not that good. Russell Wilson is fantasy football good. He's DFS, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, good. Statistically. Yes, he's going to give you fucking 318 yards, two touchdowns and shit like that. He's also going to give you two interceptions. He's going to run for 64 yards. But guess what? He's almost going to injure himself every fucking week. You, you got to try to figure it out. Like, Russell Wilson is just good for fantasy football purposes. But even then, that was then. He's not going to have that same success. You're trying to tell me he, he's going from Tyler Lockett to Cortland Sutton? <coughs> no, nobody sees a problem there? So he, No. Like, we, we got to cut the madness, man. No, Denver, <laughs> absolutely not, man. And I, I hate to sound like a complete asshole about it, but, like, everybody can't come out of the AFC. And if we're talking about Cincinnati and Denver having possibly the same record at the end of the year, give me Cincinnati, please. Please, just give me Cincinnati. It's more entertaining anyway. That's true. All right, how we got there, Q? Uh, The the Detroit Lions at six and a half wins. um, You go ahead, Lou. I got to look at the schedule. Okay. Uh, Under... Okay. Uh, I'm going uh, six and a half. I mean, this team is better. This team is better. Um, and then another are year they under. They are they? Who's the, I mean, who's, who they got as a quarterback? <laughs> right. Jared Goff still? Jared Goff. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Greg, what about you? Over. Yeah. I have them winning Whoa. seven games. Now, hear me out. Because I actually okay. have the schedule up. Okay, go ahead. Um, Chase Young won't be back before game two. They play Washington game two. They're winning mm-hmm. the game. Um, they also play Seattle. We just talked about Seattle. That's game number two that they're going to win. Um, they play Chicago, right? 
That's three games. They play the New York Giants. That's four games. They play the Jacksonville Jaguars December 4th, the week after Thanksgiving. After they'll lose to the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving week. Well, guess what? That's game number five. They play the Jets again. I feel like the Jets are going to win that game, but whatever. Um, but they also play the Carolina Panthers Christmas Eve. That's game number six. And then they play New Year's Day, the Chicago Bears. Okay. Mm. That is seven games. I mean... These are games that I know they're going to win. Like, I... I comfortably can say they'll win these games. That is, that is, it's, it's possible. Yeah, I can see where you're going with this. So I'm going to still stick with my underdog just because I don't think they have a competent quarterback. That's fair. Okay. All right. Moving right along. I can't figure out what the hell I want to eat. Um, The Green Bay Packers. Uh, 11 wins. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, damn, we lost them. Damn it. All right, what'd you say? Wait, wait you said 11 and a half, Q? No, 11. 11? Uh, under. Way under. Yeah, that's an easy under for me. Easy. Very, very easy. Very, very easy. Uh, I'm going under as well. Going under as well. And I think I'm already figured out what I'm going to eat Okay, good. All right. Um, 11 games? Yeah, 11. Just keep going. Keep going. Fuck them. Like, wow. The Houston Texans at four and a half. Mm. I don't know. This was your team. This this was your pick last year, Q. Mm. And you said five games, right? Nah, <laughs> it was five or six. Oh, it was five or six. <laughs> Let's go, Q. You guys. I, I, I'm still going under. I'm still going under. Like, mm. I'm not. Yeah. No. Mm. This, this, this team is. This team is not good. Not good. Davis Mills turn, huh? Yeah, they got a yeah. black head coach. But they, like, when's the last time Lovey Smith won anything in the league? And what's the, when's the last time he won anything in college? Say who? What's the over under again, Q? Four and a half. Um, I think they might get five, too. Yeah, I'm going to go over. Only reason I say that is I'm looking at the schedule. Um, boy, after the preseason, I'm going to just give you the schedule of the opponents week by week. Colts, Denver, Chicago. So out of those first three, I give them Chicago. Um, I think the Colts will beat them. I think Denver will beat them. Um you got the Chargers, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you have the Raiders. So I'm going to give them the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's two games, right? Mm-hmm. Then they have the Tennessee Titans, Philly, and then the Giants. I have them winning two out of those three games. doesn't matter which ones. Um, honestly, I feel like they would probably beat Tennessee because Tennessee pretty much gave away everybody. And Derrick Henry probably won't make it through like October the way that they're going to have to use him because they can't throw to anybody because there's nobody to throw to. So, right. um, so two out of those three, that makes what we're already at what one game, two games, 
I said Jacksonville, that's three games. I said Chicago is four, right? So we're at four games right now. Um, mm-hmm. Then December 4th, no, I'm sorry, they play the Washington Commanders November 20th. Then they play uh, the Miami Dolphins. And then they play Cleveland December 4th. Um, I personally say they're going to lose all three of those games. I know I like to shit on Washington sometimes, but DC is not going to Texas and losing. Not at all. They're not going to beat Miami in Miami, and they're not going to beat Cleveland at home. So unless Deshaun Watson is, you know, not starting and Jacoby just plays like shit, right? But mm-hmm. the game that I think that they're going to win that matters the most, in my personal opinion, is to get them to five. Because they play Kansas City, they play Tennessee again, and they're not going to sweep Tennessee, but they play the Jacksonville Jaguars January 1. They're going to beat Jacksonville. They're going to sweep Jacksonville this year. I don't believe I don't believe in Jacksonville at all. Jacksonville even is... Even with Doug Peterson? Jacksonville is... A coach? What, what is garbage in Spanish? Garbage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said, "What's garbage in Spanish?" <laughs> they are ass. Oh my! Oh God, man, bro! Like, you know, the best thing that came out of Florida was the mangoes. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh my God! So oh, oh, oh wow. Last year when we kept trying to talk up. Uh, Jacksonville, like, oh my god, they have. Um, no, it, 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 that was you, not me. Yeah, that I was, knew they were going to be bad. That uh, I knew they was going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, you did. Urban Meyer, <laughs> Urban Meyer, the worst coach that has ever coached in the NFL. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> All right, moving, keeping this train moving. Moving on to the Indianapolis Colts at ten wins. Who's the Who's the Colts quarterback now? Matt Ryan. Oh, it's Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, I'm going under also. Okay, I'm going under too. Matt Ryan doesn't have much left, but this this nigga did come out. Actually, no, no mega dirt came out. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, under. I think they, I think they get closer to wins. They go like eight, nine, like they did last year. Well, that, no, last year they went nine and eight. They go eight, nine this year. So under. All okay. right, the Jacksonville Jaguars at six and a half. Under. See the for it there? Oh, no, he's <laughs> I, I'm just going to assume, safely assume, that Greg's going to go under with the Jaguars. They are going over a bridge that lands under. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. All right. All right. So, next team up. Kansas City Chiefs at ten and a half. Here we go. All right, I'm gonna go first on this. 
Kansas City is going to be the biggest disappointment in the entire NFL this year. They are going way under. I predict Kansas City will win six games. Everything that you just said, I'm agreeing. I'm going to go under two, but I I think they get to nine. I think they get to nine. Unless Juju um, ramps up his uh, TikTok making with Jackson Mahomes, then they go way under. But uh, (laughs) I think they get to nine. Oh, boy. I think they get to nine. The Las Vegas Raiders at eight and a half. I want to hammer over so bad. The fucking disrespect. The fucking disrespect. Exactly. Are you fucking kidding me? They really gave Kansas City a better record and they left people off their roster, got them traded, people retired, people quit, people Mm -hmm. gone. But Oakland's team got better and improved and they already start with a less over under. Fuck them. I'm going over. They lose their goddamn mind, man. Let me make a drink because what the? I'm going to slander, bro. Like, honestly, like, the, the way I see it, if Stafford can get a ring, Derek Carr deserves one. Because Derek Carr made a lot of people's fucking careers and they keep fucking him over. So I'm going over. I'm going to get over as well. Eight and a half is disrespectful. That was the, that go- was the best wide receiver in the game. I'm going over, and I'm also picking the Raiders to win the the AFC West. That's a that's a sexy pick right there. That's a really sexy pick right there. Yeah, I'm hammering the over. The over. They win eleven games this year. Eleven, closing in on twelve. Closing in on twelve. Like that's where the over under should be. Eight and a half. Come on, drafting. Yeah, Come eight on. and a half. Where did they get eight, eight and, and a half? half? My God, it's extremely disrespectful. I will tell you where they got mm-hmm. eight and a half. Wait, what so, team are we on? We're, we're still on the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're, so you're picking them to go eight. So DraftKings is predicting them to go eight, to win eight and a half. Like, they're over under eight and a half. They're not discounting that you have a head coach that can actually, like, call plays, like modern plays, and Josh McDaniels. You trade it for the number one receiver in the league, Devontae Adams. Don't forget about Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to have a career year. Derek Carr, who is a top 10 quarterback in this league. They improved on defense. And they have a head coach that can actually call on in place. Eight and a half. Again, disrespect. And you think Derek Carr and them don't see this shit and they're like, yo, like you realize like we've been consistent for four straight years. The only but they've been consistently reason, mediocre. No, 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 no. Mediocre. No, I mean, no, but he they got weren't. Me. Yeah, they weren't. No, no. Oakland and Vegas collectively have never been mediocre as long as Derek Carr's been their quarterback. What's been happening is we've been getting fucking Kansas City shoved down our throats for the past fucking four years. Well, I will say this. And, you know, I'm a numbers person. So the team under, under John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Went nineteen and twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Nineteen and twenty nine. That's not mediocre. That's bad. Oh, it is that's, bad. That's bad. But the team. Hear me out. The team wasn't bad. The owner 
not even just the owner, the coach was bad. Yeah, do, we not, do, we, do, do we not remember the Antonio Brown debacle where they acted like Antonio Brown wasn't a stud? Traded him to fucking New England. He showed out in New England and then ended up going to Actually, fucking. They didn't, didn't trade him. He just cut. Oh, cut. Season, even, yeah. Here's the thing. All of that being said, though, just talking about this year, I just feel like Vegas is being positioned to be a big market, and they should be because they have a big market arm. If we're going to sit here and bet on Deshaun Watson, who has proven that he's a good quarterback, he's not a great quarterback. Derek Carr, every fucking year for the past five years, has been considered a great quarterback that honestly is just missing pieces. Do not be surprised when we're looking at Devontae Adams and like, okay, show us your worth. And he does with Derek Carr, and I'm going to be sitting here looking every fucking Sunday, and I'm like, okay, so you still don't believe? You, you still don't believe? The AFC Championship is going to be Cincinnati versus Vegas. It, it, it's literally going to be that. Okay. That's, that's not even a bold prediction. If it doesn't happen, the AFC is honestly the Western Conference of, the fo- of football. Because there's no fucking way those two teams don't make it. And I'm only talking about those two teams because it matters to me. I think Derek Carr is not getting his just due. And I, I love Buffalo, too. If it's not one of those three teams, but I feel like Vegas is always getting shit on. Only reason they didn't do as good this year is because Homeboy decided he wanted to go and uh, talk about Henry Ruggs. Like, like yeah, he was on the Audubon. Bro, can, can you imagine if Henry Ruggs would have just been who the fuck he was supposed to be? Everybody, he, he was documented as like one of the best fucking receivers in the league all year until that shit happened. The one that signed him. Yes. He, he was prepped up to be like Tyreek Hill. Like, that was what he was supposed to be. And they have built the, I keep wanting to say Oakland, but they built the Vegas Raiders to be the one team to take down Kansas City. But you know what took down Kansas City? Overpaying people in the wrong year. They overpaid Patrick Mahomes to be mediocre that year. They paid him on his personal life. Then you got Travis Kelsey, who is or isn't healthy, depending on the week. Then you got... We, we, yeah, lost him again. Oh, there, he there he goes. He back. He's back. I'm back. Okay, so yeah, my my Wi-Fi has literally been shooting me in the ass. But either way, um, I, I'll just land by saying I just I believe in Vegas so much that no matter what anybody tells me, I feel like especially now that we've just given Green Bay all this bail for having less, but then you're talking shit about Vegas, who has everything that Green Bay just had seven months ago. I'm actually kind of disgusted about it. Y'all need yeah, to yeah, put, some it, respect, put some fucking it, respect on Vegas, man. Like, what are we it's doing? It's disrespectful. Here? It's very and, disrespectful. And the thing is, it's Vegas odds. Wouldn't you want a Vegas team to actually it's, be good? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fuck them, man. Like, uh, when they start winning, and I'm not a I'm not a big Vegas fan. I hate actually hate going to Vegas, but I'm I'm a huge fan enough to know that like Derek Carr deserves 
Y'all gave Matt Stafford his flowers. You better give it to Derek Carr, too. I'm going to leave that there. All right. Moving right along. We move on to the first team in SoFi, the Los Angeles Chargers. Their over-under is set at 10 wins. Under. Under. I'm hammering the over. I'm sorry. I'm hammering the over. Do you see see what they did this offseason? First of all, they traded for Khalil Mack for a bunch of pennies in 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 an open uh, bag of Doritos. Yep. Yes, they did. You pair him with Joey Bosa? Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) They re-signed Mike Williams. They re-signed Mike Williams. And, and... Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, and also, don't forget they signed J.C. Jackson, who's the best corner on the market. Their defense is going to win them six games by themselves. Justin Herbert's going to come in with another five. Hmm. So I'm I disagree. I respect, well, okay. Um, I respect your decision, but I respectfully disagree. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to speed this up a little bit more. I mean, I'm okay. Speed this up a little bit because um, we are just now getting yeah, 13 more teams to go. So, um, okay. so, so now, unless it's like a, a really, really compelling or, or like the over under, it's just like, what the hell would DraftKings thinking? Let's just quickly do over, quickly just vote over, over under or a push if it's even. Gotcha. It's just an even number. All right. So the Los Angeles, now the other team is so far, the Los Angeles Rams, defending Super Bowl champions. Ten and a half wins. Over. Definitely over for me. Definitely over. Greg, what about you? Over or under ten and a half wins for the Los Angeles Rams. I, I think he's going over. <laughs> I'm going to assume that he's probably, going over. probably. Right, moving, moving right along. Nope. Yeah, we lost uh, Miami. The Miami Dolphins at nine wins. Hmm. This is the tricky one of the entire bunch. Um, I'm going under. I'm sorry. I'm going over. I am hammering the over. Good. The Dolphins won nine games and they had no offense. Now, just imagine. And we know we, we, we've had enough discussion about Tyreek Hill, um, but just the dynamic that he brings to the offense, just his speed alone. Um, and, they ha- and the head coach that they hired, the head coach that they hired, Mike McDaniel, an offensive mind that turned uh, previously – um, well, well, not really. It was Kyle Shanahan who did that. But Mike Wadani and what he did last year with a clearly limited Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. And don't forget the the, uh, the Dolphins added to Ron Armstead at left tackle. They also added uh, Connor Williams at center. And don't forget about Cedric Wilson and Chase Edmonds. 
they they now have an office of identity. They do. They do. They now have an office of identity. So I yeah, I'm going over. All right, next team, the Minnesota Vikings at nine wins. Mm. Under. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say over. I think this is a season. I think this is a season that Kirk Cousins takes them deep in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, uh, I like I how you never, laughed when you said that. And I have never, ever, even when he was in Washington, never, ever said that about Kirk Cousins. But with an offensive-minded head coach now, I think that changes. I think that changes. Moving on, the New England Patriots at eight and a half. Mm, eight and a half, huh? Um, hmm. I'll go over. I'm going to I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. People are really underestimating what Josh McDaniels did. And now he's not there. And guess who are their play callers? Matt Patricia, who did shit in in Detroit. And Joe Judge. Joe Judge calling (laughs) offensive plays when... He couldn't get his quarterback to score more than 10 points. Oh, boy. Under. <clears throat> going, going, and hammering the under, actually. All right, moving right along. We have the New Orleans Saints at eight wins. Push. You know what? I'm undecided. I, I'm going to push this one too. It all depends on how, it all depends on how James Winston comes back from the ACL injury. Right. Yeah, hear me. Yes. We yeah, can. yeah. We, we got you. I missed the last couple. I'm sorry. Like I was saying something, but audio just wouldn't work. Oh no, no worries, no worries. So, You're good. You want to go no ahead? Can you write them down for him? Uh, so going back, we went. We was at the the Rams. The Rams are the Rams. ten and a half. Sounds about right. Okay. Um, the Miami Dolphins at nine. Damn, lost them again. Cut out again. Nope, you're back. You're back. Okay. okay so you said Miami Rams are ten and a half. We agreed. Yes. The the, the Dolphins at nine. Um, I'm I'm going to go under. Okay, the Minnesota Vikings at nine. Did we lose him again, Lou? Uh, it looks like he's still there. Okay. Yeah, maybe he's. Okay, there he, there he is. So you, there he is. I heard. I heard the Dolphins. Yes. Are the, the Dolphins okay. last? All right. So the Vikings at nine? Nope. Not at all. All right. The Patriots at eight and a half? Under. 
And we are now at the Saints at eight. Under. Okay, moving right along. Uh, the Giants at seven. What the fuck? <laughs> Hell froze over. Hammer the, okay. Yep. Hammer the under. Yep. Hammer the under. <laughs> seven. What? I know, right? Yeah. No, normally, I have a lot to say. Nope. Hell no. Next. Hell no. They may get the four. Are they, are they trying to say that Derrick Henry is going to lose the crown to Saquon Barkley? Is that, I think that's what they're trying to do. Absolutely like, not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Nope. Nope. Not happening. All right. Moving right along. The New York Jets at five and a half. That's on par. That is actually on par. I'm going to find it. I'm going uh, to take the over. Yeah, I'm going to take the over and, on and them, too. this is shocking. And if Pam was listening to this, listening to this, she probably would be smiling from end to ear. But I'm actually going to go over. I'm going to go over. Gonna go wow. Over. Wow. I'm going to go over. They did. They had a hell of a draft. They had a hell of a draft and a hell of an offseason. And I think Zach Wilson, now that he's everyone's favorite, um, everyone's favorite bachelor in New York. This, oh, I mean, this thing, in New York. In New York, no less. Yeah, I'm going to hammer the over on this one. All right, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles at nine and a half. Hmm. Uh, nine and a half. Wow. Uh, barely under. Okay. Of course, it's an NFC East team, so um, fuck the Eagles. Under. Because Jalen Hurts is oh. going to um, be the next Blake Bortles. I, I want him to be the next Blake Bortles, but the thing is, and I know this is going to sound bad about to my own community, but um, not every black quarterback is good. Damn, that sounds so fucked up to say. No, no it's not, because he's not good. He's no, he, not good. He, and the he's thing not is, Lamar. he's not Lamar. He's not, and you know how much I hate Lamar. Here's the thing, he's not a bad quarterback. He's just not good. <laughs> it's like, any, how can I put it? If he was starting in the XFL, yes. He would be T.J. Walker. Yes. He would be a capable, culpable quarterback. My issue with him isn't his throwing ability. It's not his talent. He's not a professional quarterback. He's not a NFL quarterback. He's an XFL quarterback. He's an AFL quarterback. He is a... Honestly, he's a quarterback that you draft in like Madden and you're like, all right, cool. I just, especially with the Eagles, he reminds me of uh, who was homeboy who played with the 76ers who got traded to Brooklyn and like, yeah, yeah. Ben like, Simmons. He's been, he's been Ben Simmons for the Eagles. Like, you, you wanted so much from him and he gave you nothing. Okay. Ooh, oh, boy. All right. Uh, moving right along. The Pittsburgh Steelers at seven. Okay. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet, okay? (laughs) Uh, um, This might be a little bit of a homer take, but we're going to surprise people this year. Okay? Uh, I'm I'm taking you over. We won't win the division, 
will make the playoffs and Mitchell Trubisky gets comeback player of the year. Agree. Done. Agree. I'm gonna go one I'm gonna go one step further. Pittsburgh either makes it to the AFC championship and loses to the Super Bowl champion, or they just don't make the playoffs. It's literally that deep for me. Now I'm not saying they're making the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that at right, all. Right, right. No, me neither. Me neither. They're going to lose to the person or the team who wins the Super Bowl. The AFC is winning the Super Bowl this year. Okay. I, I believe in that so much because they want Brady to win with a whole bunch of people who are injury prone. They don't give a fuck about the NFC. Right now, the NFL is what the NBA was in a couple, you know, a couple months ago. Where it's like, you know what? Yeah, the entire Easter Conference is injured. But you know what? Golden State just happened to be healthy at the same time. That's going to happen with the NFL this year. We're like, yo, like the NFC, everybody is healthy. Nobody's suspended. All the people from the AFC are suspended or, you know, they're injured for the entire season, stuff like that. They're going to get Chase Young back, but it's going to be too late at that point in the season. So like, oh, great. Like he comes back week seven. But you know what? They've lost four games already. So whatever. Um, With Pittsburgh, it just everything aligns for them to make it not to be a wild card seed, but to be a team that's like, you know what? We're going to be in the AFC championship either against one of three teams. Tennessee trying to make a run with Derrick Henry. Cincinnati, who's like, you know what? We're going back. Or what was the third team I said earlier? So I, I said Cincinnati. Buffalo. There was a, Buffalo. Buffalo. Or, or Buffalo, who's like, you know what? It's championship or bust. But one of those three. Either of those three teams, they have to play Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship. I have Pittsburgh going that far because they got rid of the one problem that they had, believing in Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. They believed in him so much, they let Antonio Brown go. And anybody who has listened to the sports desk knows, even for me being a fan of Antonio Brown, I've been absolutely right. The fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers only went as far as Antonio Brown let them. I speak that shit in volumes, and you know it to be true, Q and Lou. I said it, it happened. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown walked out on the team, they lost a week later. And and I'm going to say this real quick. quick. Mm -hmm. Juju Juju was a good receiver Mm -hmm. until until TikTok came out. Bingo. That's it. Yeah. So, I have high hopes for Pittsburgh. Honestly, out of all the teams in the NFL this year, including my own team, shout out to the Arizona Cardinals, I just have to say, <laughs> you know, Pittsburgh, I've been, I was talking them up last season. I was talking them up all offseason. Pittsburgh's just that team that, honestly, in my personal opinion, they got rid of the problem. Trying to figure out if Ben is going to come back. When Ben said he's done, Pittsburgh just said, you know what, we can focus on making this a better team. Mm-hmm. Let's get rid of the fluff. They got rid of the fluff, and now they have, honestly, a solid core. They got the defense down. They still have their coach. They still have their offense. But more importantly, they have a quarterback who, honestly, he has – this is a prove-it year for him. Because when, when it comes to every other team in the NFL, it's like, you know what? Like, yeah, you got a quarterback that's capable. Pittsburgh's quarterback is just, like, one of those – he's like Washington last year. It's like, you know what? Like, we have him. If he does good, cool. If he does bad, fine. 
but at least we have a quarterback, right? They could have gone and went and got Baker Mayfield. They could have, but they said, no, we believe in Mason. And Mason is literally, he's going to show his ass this year. He's going to be, what was a dude from uh, Jacksonville who with the mustache and shit where everybody's like, oh, he's going to be a scrub. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. We were like, yo, Mason Rudolph, he came in with a beard. He came in with a big ass beard and he just fucking just, he lit the fucking world on fire. He's $6,200 every week on FanDuel and he's, you know, he's throwing fucking four touchdowns, 260 yards. You're like, 260 yards is not much. It's like, but it's four touchdowns. That's 10 points. Like, that, right? That, that's a millie maker right there. Like, yeah. anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice, I'm telling you, stack your receivers, worry about your running backs at the end, get you a capable quarterback, like Mason Rudolph, and then your tight end, you can say, you know what? I'll go with Dawson Knox every week. Because Dawson Knox is going to get you the points. Because clearly they they don't have a running game in uh, Buffalo, but Mason Rudolph, I'm telling you, it's something about Pittsburgh this year. Pittsburgh's one of those teams like how it was what a year ago when I was talking about Atlanta, well two years ago when I was talking about Atlanta, I was like yo like Atlanta is just something about them, and everybody's like great like Atlanta's garbage. I was like yo, you realize they were like a game away from being in the fucking finals, right? Game away. I'm going to speak this, and I know we gave Lou so much shit. All season last year, we joked and we hee-heed and ha-ha. Pittsburgh is like, you know what? We got rid of all the reasons why you would laugh at us. Now let's talk. We're here in the AFC Championship. We're a game away from the Super Bowl, and they're going to get fucked out of it. It's not like they lost. They're not going to lose this game convincingly. Like They're not going to lose like 42 cents. They're going to lose by some fuck where it's like, yo, you realize Mason Rudolph was literally going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Because he sure is Mason, he sure is Mason Rudolph. He's talking about uh, 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 Trubisky. Trubisky, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trubisky. No, you're, you're... Close, close enough, both of them are scrubs. But the thing is, it's still Pittsburgh to me. So I'm, I'm thinking of two of the same. But Pittsburgh, for me, I have them in the AFC Championship. They have to win more than 11 games which I think they can do. I think they'll hit 12 games. Honestly, I'd be bold enough to say they win 13 games this year. Hey, what did I, you say I, their over-under was, Q? You said it was seven, seven and a half? Seven. seven. I have them winning 12 okay. games. I have Pittsburgh winning 12 games this year. Well, see, this is why I like it this year. And I'm, again, Q, I'm going to this, make this real short thing. We can move on. Um, every year for the past 15, 20 years, Pittsburgh is always on like the radar as, you know, all right, well, they're going to win 10 games. They're going to win 11 games. We're not expected to do that this year because we don't have Ben. That's why, that's why I like it so much is because nobody's expecting anything from us. Absolutely. That, so, that is very, very true. So now we're flying under the radar. And like, like Greg said, I, I could see us winning 11 or 12 games and it would not surprise me whatsoever. Okay. Go ahead, my bad. All right, excellent. Thanks, thanks. Uh, I, I like that discussion. I like the discussion. Moving right along on to the San Francisco 49ers at ten wins with Trey Lance. I'm gonna have to go under until he proves himself. Um, yeah, I'm hammering that under button. I'm hammering, hammering it. Um, yeah, Trey Trey Lance has a and and. 
they basically their season comes down to Trey Lance. Right. Trey Lance is a, is competent under center. They could very well, they could very, they could very well um, hit that ten win mark. Yeah. Um, especially looking at the the NFC West now, where you have a lot of uncertainty uncertainty in Arizona, Seattle, Seattle doesn't exist, and then you got the Rams. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it all comes down to Trey Lance. It all comes yeah. down to Trey Lance. It, he's going to have, he's going to, you know, he's going to, uh, he's going to either make uh, Kyle Shanahan a genius or he's going to make Kyle Shanahan eat his words by saying that, that this is his team. Right. The San Francisco 49ers are the same team they were last year with a little bit more confidence because they spent more money. The issue is, like you were saying, Q, when it comes to the NFC, more importantly, their division, there are no other teams that are good except for the Rams who are the defending champions, right? Um, that being said, if the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to do good, we already said Seattle's not going to go, you know, do good. Now you got to be like, all right, so if the Rams are going to do good, that has to mean that, you know, the 49ers are going to do good. 49ers aren't going to do good. Here's the thing. The reason why they won't do good is going to be the most obscure fucking thing in the world. And I want you to just hear me out for a second. If you look at the history of the Bay, of San Francisco, of that portion of California, whenever a team wins a championship, all the other teams from that area do absolute dog shit. Like, they are just garbage. This is historical. When the Giants win the World Series, nobody talks about the Warriors. Nobody talks about the 49ers. Nobody talks about the fucking Padres or nothing. Like, it's just almost like the fucking Bay just doesn't even matter, right? Golden State won in June, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's the only team that's going to win this year or even next year. And the reason why is San Francisco isn't building themselves to be a team to win this year. They're being that team that's like, okay, we're in the rebuilding phase. We just look really good. And Debo Samuel, they paid him enough to say, you know what? Make us look good enough to win a few games, but we know we're not better than the Rams. If you can't be better than the Rams, you can't win shit. It's literally you play them twice a year. You play Arizona twice a year, and you're going to lose one of those games. That's that's a certain. And then you probably play Minnesota. You're going to lose one of those games. They're just not that good. I, I just for somebody who I only hate to say this, Gracie. Shout out to you. Shout out to Town Tavern. <laughs> I'll be there on Sunday watching y'all lose because y'all owe me for me going and wearing my Boston gear and y'all beating me in Golden State. So it's that. Um, but I, I just I don't see it for them. I feel like it's Vegas's year when it comes to teams that should have been in California, but they're not. And I also think of the NFC West being the weakest division in the NFL this year. They used to be the NFC East, but it's the NFC West. So yeah, I, I don't win any more than I say seven games. Okay. All right, moving right along, we are now at 
the weakest link in the NFC, the weakest link in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks at five and a half. Uh, under. Yeah, Definitely going under. under. <laughs> Definitely going under. Um, you're looking at a three a three horseman race for the worst team in the NFL: Seattle, Atlanta, and um, Chicago. Hey, but DK D, DK got his money though, didn't he? DK did get DK DK did get his back, and he will be imagine, traded next year. Is that imagine getting all the money? As a receiver, but you have nobody to throw to you, so you end up having the worst year ever. <laughs> right, this right. Is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Seattle was just like, like when everybody was propping up fucking Russ. Like, bro, like he made the team, yes, but it's like he had everything. But it's more so they just can't win. It's the fucking coach. The coach said, "You know what? We're going to get rid of the person who was winning us the games because he throws the fucking ball. But you know what? We're going to pay the receiver who has nobody to throw to him. Can somebody make that shit make sense?" So fuck Seattle. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying that. It just doesn't make sense. Bro, fuck them. Like, God, wow, man. Do you know how upset that has to be as a somebody who has friends who are fans of the Seattle, like, Seahawks? And like, yo, we went from being the Legion of Doom to... The Legion of Doom. The Legion of like, Gloom. <laughs> listen, that, that might be... That has to be the, the name Legion of the podcast. The Legion, Legion of Gloom. Of Gloom. Wow, man. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Yep. All right. Moving right along from uh, the Legion of Gloom to Bradyville. Uh, Santa Bay Brady Nears. Oh, here we and go. a half. Go ahead, Greg. You take this one first. And what team are we on? The Tampa Bay Brady Nears at 11 and a half. That's, that's about right. I got them winning 11 games and then going through the wild card sector and getting somewhere. Um, they're not going to be the, I still think um, there has to be somebody else better than them. I just don't know who, but in the I NFC think South, in the NFC South, the only team that, that has remote um, chance of getting to Tampa Bay's level is New Orleans. And they're working with a quarterback on one leg. Okay, so so you're right. So I'll, I'll give them 11 games. Actually, no, I'll give them 13. Over, so over. Okay. I'll take I'll take I'll take the over. I'm uh, I'm hammering the over. You know how much um, you know how I feel about Thomas Edwards, Patrick Brady Jr. But now, can I can I ask a question before you go to the next one, real quick? Um, who will be the receiver from Tampa Bay that does the least, Mike Evans or Julio Jones? Oh, Julio, Julio's washed. Ooh. Julio's washed. Ooh. Washed, spin cycle. Now, I, I, I really want to put emphasis on this question. emphasis on this. So, Lou, you heard me, and Q, like, mm-hmm. I really want to put emphasis on this. If you guys can, like, somebody put in, like, our show notes, like, uh, emphasis on this question, who's going to be the biggest bust between the two of them? I'm not talking about Chris Godwin. He's going to get his numbers. Scotty Miller's going to get his when numbers. Comes, OJ's when gone. Comes, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Godwin's, Godwin's get his, yeah, he's hurt still. Or recovering, yeah, I should means, say. So we, we have to figure out who is going to be the bust out of Mike Evans or Julio Jones. I feel like Julio Jones is the perfect replacement 
for none other than my boy Antonio Brown. I feel like Antonio Brown is who he is because of who we know him to be. And Julio Jones is going to honestly reclaim himself as like that number one on that team. And Mike Evans isn't going to know what to do about that. Mike Evans is going to end up being a wide receiver three by the end of the year. Everybody loves Mike Evans because it's like, oh, like he produces like, yeah, like he produced with a quarterback who over, like who, who overthrew and gave more interceptions than any other person in the last like seven years. Or he had Brady who had to throw to him because everybody else was injured. There's no well, problem. Right. right. Like, and, and Mike Evans, right. And Mike Evans is that guy that comes out and gets five catches for 38 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> you know? exactly, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but, all, but, and, and that, that's my issue. That's why I asked the question is because Julio can also go, he can either give you 178 yards and two touchdowns. He can give you 229 yards with one touchdown, or right. he can give you fucking 17 catches for 78 yards and a touchdown, and you're like, yo, like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, yo, he, right, he, he's right. all three. And mm-hmm. I've been watching tape. I've been watching early tape of Brady with him, and I know how like egregious this might sound, but hear me out. It reminds me of Brady and Randy Moss. Oh man, that's kind of scary. Of that. Whoa! It, it Whoa. reminds okay. me of that. It, it reminds me of some shit where Brady's like, I can literally just throw it, and for some reason it ends up in his hands. I remember Brady, he used to say like he would throw it in the air to see who would catch it, and it could be on the opposite end of the field, and fucking Randy Moss would catch it, but it was supposed to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go with Julio Jones having a better year than Mike Evans. And as a result, I'm, I'm going with Tampa, obviously having an over. But Julio's going to have a year, bro. He, he's going to have a year. He's going to have the year that I wanted Antonio Brown to have. Please, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, two people you need to go get. Dalvin Cook's brother and fucking Julio Jones. <laughs> Gronk is gone. And the thing you is, Julio and- you could get Julio Jones like in your in your like personal fantasy draft. You could probably get him like late. Yeah, he'll be there in like the tenth, eleventh round. Yes, people are like oh Julio, like no, nah, he, he's going to be a bust. I'm like okay, you, you believe that shit if you want to. I'm telling you, it's oh, and we got a voicemail. Some somebody must either agree or disagree. We got Tobias in here. We got Max Julian. We got Talk Hogan. Let's 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 hear what Talk Hogan got to say. Yo, what do you guys think of uh, Kyle Rudolph with uh, Tampa Bay? Tom Brady uh, loves his tight ends, so I wasn't uh, curious as to what you think his ceiling is in uh, fantasy this year. Great, great question. question. Mm-hmm. Um, Q, I'm going to let you lead. Great question. Go ahead, Q. I think, um, I'm talking, you definitely made a good point there. Tom Brady loves his tight ends, and I think that um, because... I, yes, great signing. Great signing. It actually was a great signing. I mean, yeah, he mm-hmm. didn't do anything in New York. Uh, you know, Kyle Rudolph didn't do anything with New York, like, with the Giants last year, but no one did anything with the Giants last year. Because the was, he with, was, go, was he with the but, Giants but, or was he was, uh, with Vikings? He was with, Mid- yeah, he was with Minnesota, wasn't no, he? No, 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 no. Last season, he was with the Giants. The previous 
you know, he started his career in Minnesota. Oh, you're right. You're right. Like I said, no one did anything with the Giants because the Giants are the Giants. But I, I think Kyle Rudolph has a has a great rebound year. All right. My my point on this, all right, it already came out earlier earlier this week. The Cal Rudolph is getting all of Gronk's targets from uh from Brady, okay? I think by the end of the year, Cal Rudolph ends up as a top five tight end. I think he has a rebirth and he's, you know, relevant again, I should say. Mm-hmm. So I like okay. the Cal Rudolph. Yeah, I like the the Cal Rudolph thing. I really do. Yeah, I really, I really like it. As, I really like it as well. And we have a comment from Tobias. Let's play that man right now. Here we go. Yo, who the where the fuck does Dalvin Cook brother play? I'm just you know pure genetics here. Let's fuck peace. But uh, shout out to the builder. Shout out to every guy, all the guys. Sal. Uh, what was that? Greg and the principal. Shout out to the building. What up, though? What up, though? Um, Delvin Cook's brother, James Cook, plays for the Buffalo Bills. Got drafted this year. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So, moving on from Tampa. I, I think we're all hammering over here. Moving yeah, on. we got yeah. two more teams to go. The first team is the Tennessee Titans at nine points. Under. Under for me as well. Definitely under. Um, this is this is Ryan Tannehill's final season in Tennessee. I don't think he makes it the entire makes it the entire makes it the entire season. I don't know who the backup is in Tennessee, but they better be getting ready to play. Because uh, one, Tennessee, there's no one. For him, there's no one for Tannehill to throw to, so it's going to be like my uh, Miami all over again when he was traded from Miami to Tennessee. Hey, <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And the last, the last team, the last team, Washington Commanders at eight wins. Push under. You know, you know what, um, and I'm not saying I'm 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 like you, Lou, to your to your uh, to your Pittsburgh take, right? I'm going to go over, but barely, but barely. That's this fair. Team, That's fair. I mean, I said team, it a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, they could sneak up. This team won seven games. This team won seven games. With us, with Carson, with Carson Wentz's clone Taylor Heineke at quarterback last year, and they won seven games. Mm-hmm. With a defense that was absolutely atrocious. That defense got better this year, just off of just pure health. The offense, I am salivating. It is, it is, it's weird to hear me say this because you know how I feel about Carson Wentz. But I think Carson Wentz with with Terry McGloin and now um, Jahan Dotson. Watch out. Now, we don't have a tight end right now because um, 
Logan Thomas is recovering from a, is is he himself is recovering from a torn ACL. Um, but when Tom when Logan Thomas gets back, because we know Carson Wentz loves his tight ends as well. He loves his tight ends as well. I'm going to handle it over. I'm going to go over. I think they win nine, maybe ten games. And that's me being super optimistic. Because we know how we know how Carson Wentz does when things don't both start going things start going left. We know Carson mm-hmm. Wentz goes left. Right. So um yeah, I'm gonna go over. I think they go nine and eight. That probably saves Ron Rivera's job. Um yeah. So I'm gonna over. Okay. And we have one more voicemail for we have one more voicemail we need to play. So we'll play that right now. And here we go. Um, I say push. I think the the NFC is going to kind of cannibalize each other, but the Eagles will win, will finish with ten wins. The Cowboys will either finish with ten or nine. Um, and the Eagles will win the division. Shout out to the Dolphins. Okay, going. Okay, Tobias is going with the Eagles, and he left with one more comment. Here we go. Um, before y'all get out of here, can I just get y'all? I know I'm late to the show. Can I just get y'all take? Was six games too much or too little for Deshaun Watson? None of the emotional stuff. None of the how you feel about. Just was it too much or too little? Too much or too little? Okay, um, we can revisit that really quick. We sure. Uh, we, we're gonna yeah, we can revisit that real quick because we are right. skipping. The, NF- the NBA and all that this week. Nothing yeah, really ain't about. I'll be real quick. Um, like I said before, um, when it comes to Goodell, when it comes to Snyder and stuff like that, nothing that they did had the same consequence. There are a lot of people who had fucking murders, rapes, and hitting women and shit like that. Their shit was extensive to the point where their careers got ended. Deshaun Watson only got six games because... The NFL was complicit. The team was complicit. You haven't heard a fucking word from the Houston Texans since that man got traded because they were complicit. And the reason why they were complicit is because they put those women, quote unquote, in the lap of him. It's a referral process. Everybody knows how the NFL works and how any sport works. Like, okay, yeah, you know the hoe in the you know, you know the hoe that comes and she sleeps with everybody in the you know, on the team. She goes and she hangs out with everybody. And I'm not calling all women hoes. I'm just saying these things because it's just how the league works and how they talk. It's like, okay, yeah, like you know her, we slept with her, she slept with her, they slept with her. Like it just works that way. Think about Brittany Renner, for example. Like all these things matter. So when it comes to Deshaun Watson, he was a scapegoat, no. and that's why he got six games. When I say that, I'm not saying he didn't do what he did because he definitely did it. The issue is there were other people who did it as well, and they don't want to feel the backlash of it. There were high executives that did what the fuck they did, and they would rather him pay the $25 million that he paid plus the six-game suspension. They're like, you know what? Somebody, his agent probably was like, yo, it's only six games. Think about it. It's six games. Everybody else is getting a year. They're getting two years off. But guess what? You already got overpaid what you were supposed to get. You only get six games, and then you get to play, which is what you want. Right? And he's like, yeah, I do want to play. So all I have to do is get – so for the first six games of the season, even if the team has a losing record, 
I still end up being the starting quarterback? The answer is yes. I don't have to be in Houston? The answer is yes. The women get paid off, right? The answer is yes. I know for a fact I'm going to start when I come back, right? The answer is yes. Right. He took that deal. In Houston, if you were to ask him those same questions, the answers would have been, am I going to start? The answer is no. Because we, we already have Davis Mills who we're trying to prop up to be like your person, like your backup that's going to replace you. Do I have the support of the team? The answer is no. All the questions I just said, the answers are going to be no. Even when you think about the owner of the fucking Houston Texans who lied and said that he didn't know the person who literally had a billboard up that was paid for by him. It's like, yo, like, so you just going to blatantly lie about that? Because Houston's a piece of shit. I ain't going to lie to you. It's just what it is. But I will say, and I'm going to close it out with this. Deshaun Watson being the scapegoat doesn't mean that more allegations won't come out. We saw Vince McMahon. A lot of shit came out from him. We've seen shit with Robert Kraft. A lot of shit, you know, a lot of shit came out with him. What's going to happen is Deshaun Watson is going to take the hit right now for all the things that happened. But this year is going to be a wild fucking year for a lot of the shit that the men do in the NFL. Not just masseuse. I'm talking about women, scandals and stuff like that. And the only reason, like Q has said it, and I'm going to let Q go next. And I'm going to just give him a little, like, the bridgeway. He said Daniel Snyder's shit got swept under the rug. And it did. Q, it's on you. Oh, absolutely. The reason why this was a six-day suspension is because the minute the league would have tried to suspend for a season, um, everything about the commanders and about Daniel Mark Snyder would have come to light. Just last week, I think it was Friday, Dan Snyder testified for 14 hours in front of Congress. 14 hours. That's significant. 14 straight hours in front of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. You best to believe, you best to believe if the league would have tried to suspend uh, Deshaun Watson, and we know this is, it was an independent decision. Had he got more than six games, the House Oversight Committee would have threw the, they would have leaked everything that Dan Snyder would have said, that Dan Snyder said. You, it would have been leaking like a faucet today. Deshaun Watson is taking a hit for Dan Snyder. That is why the league is not going to appeal this decision. Because they know the skeletons are getting ready to get exposed. The skeletons are getting ready to get exposed. So, is six games enough? No. Absolutely not. For 24 women to come forward, 24. I can see if it was one. I mean, one is enough. But 24, 24 women. Man, we can say, oh, they went after the money. They did this, they did that, or whatever. But 24 women filing lawsuits against Deshaun Watson for uh, sexual improprieties, doing massages. 
where you have an owner in the league, two owners in the league, actually. One got busted for prostitution. One should be busted and prosecuted for, for prostitution. And all the other sick, vile shit that Daniel Mark Snyder has wrecked upon the Washington, the Washington Commanders franchise over his 23 years of ownership. Uh, Greg, you said you said something earlier about the brand. This is Big Shield stepping in and saying, "Hey, we can't let Dan Snyder fall yet. We can't let him fall yet. So we have to have a different fall guy, and that fall guy is Deshaun Watson." And basically, it's, it's, it, it is as simple as that. So, Tobias, I hope I, I hope I answered that question. If I answer that question, uh, we have one more voicemail from Talk Hogan's. I'm going to play that now, and then we're going to um, wrap this up and get on out of here. Here we go. Sorry, guys, for the late comment. I know you guys probably moved on, but uh, QDZ, thanks for giving the commanders love. Uh, I am curious, why does Carson Wentz get so much hate? Why? I don't understand this. And people who criticize the commanders for signing this guy, it's a one-year deal. So if it doesn't work out, uh, we're not on the hook. For another for another season, you know, I think it's such a low risk move uh, that upgraded a position that really Washington has been missing for a long time. But I am curious as to your thoughts as to why you guys think Carson Wentz is hated on so much. Uh, anyway, guys, oh, also great show, guys, and thanks for taking my comments. Much love, peace. All right, um, I can. Partially answer that question for I, not partially. I can answer that question for you. This is the body of work that Carson Wentz has uh, shown over the past three seasons. Um, he quit on Philly. He couldn't lead Indianapolis in a must-win game over the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars when they need a win in their end situation. He couldn't get the he couldn't get the job done. He faltered through the end of last season through the end of last season. Um, and that is why. That is why people are so resistant and hating on, on Carson Wentz. I'm hating on him too. I think he's a taller version of Taylor Heineke. But a taller version of Taylor Heineke with a much stronger arm. That gives me, you know, so I will say this. I think he has he has no excuses now. None. Absolutely zero, zero none. You have a number one wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. A, a type of number one receiver that he never had, either in Indianapolis or in Philly, a true number one. He has a rookie, number two, in uh, Jahan Dotson. Don't don't sleep on um, don't sleep on our pick our first round pick from last year. Um, ooh, I can't remember his name right now, but, and that's a shame. Um, he has, he has a much better supporting cast in Washington than he did in Indianapolis, even with Jonathan Taylor. And definitely what he had in Philly, he has no excuses now. This is, you know, this is a prove-it year for Carson Wentz. If he does not, if he does not get the, get the commanders, like, decent, to looking decent, hitting that, hitting that eight-win total, hitting an eight-win total, his career is over. Over, 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 been done. Okay. 
So that is why there's all, all that hate on Carson Wentz. If he can, if like I say, if he comes to DC and he puts up decent numbers, he gets Washington close to the playoffs or even in it. If he gets them in the playoffs or very, very close to it, what they all went through last year, I think this talk about Carson, I think this talk about Carson will shut up. But if he does what he did last year in Indy, if he plays the way he played in, in Philly uh, two years ago, his career is over. Career is over. He'll probably be a nice backup, but as a starting quarterback, his career is finished. Um, thank you for that comment. Um, Salt Hogan, we really, really appreciate that. Um, guys, if, you're any, if you have any awards that you want to give out, let's quickly go through that. I know I don't have um, any this week. I don't either. I'm good. Okay. Uh, Greg, you have any? My um, Adam Gates Why Are You Still Here Award is for every single woman who decided that they were going to castrate men who didn't side with Brittany Griner and they didn't watch a single fucking WNBA game. They didn't go and say, hey, we're campaigning for Brittany Griner. We want her free and things like that. You motherfuckers were silent. And I'm only aiming this at women, and I don't want to sound like a sexist, I don't want to sound like a complete asshole, but it needs to be said. A lot of you motherfuckers were really fucking quiet. When I look at the sports desk and I go back to these old episodes, every single week we've been saying free Brittany Kreiner. Regardless of how she got free, who they had to go and like release in order to get her, a lot of you motherfuckers have said nothing. And I'm only speaking and you know, direct indirectly to the women because it was supposed to be a one band, one sound thing where everybody was supposed to be on one accord. Why aren't the men advocating for women? Why aren't the men going and watching WNBA games? Trust me, I've been watching. They've really been bad. The Mystics have been bad. The Sparks have been bad. Phoenix has been bad. The Liberty has been bad. Honestly, the WNBA has been garbage as a result of the WNBA missing Brittany Griner. The WNBA has missed her, and as a result, the ratings have slipped. But nobody has said, you know what, let's start a campaign. Nobody said, you know what, just like we had BLM, we had Black Lives Matter, we had all, all the marches and stuff like that. When it came to Brittany Griner, th- there was none of that. There was none of the av- you know, advocacy for trying to figure things out and trying to make sure that people get free. None of that. Y'all were radio fucking silent. So now it's my come up is to say, you know what? Where were y'all at? I've been to Mystics games this year. I have been to three. Not good, but still went. Also watch it on live TV, on ESPN, ESPN Plus. But that's besides the point. My issue is this. When it comes to Brittany Griner, and it's not just for women, you know, and at least at this port, you know, this portion of it, I really get upset at the fact that it was put on the men. It was like, okay, well, the women should make as much as the men. And it's like, do you have the ad space? Do you have the revenue? Do you go and even go to your own events? And the answer is no, right? Cool. 
So the reason why I want to give this award, it's not to everyone. It's not to all the women. It's not an all-inclusive award to all women. It's just to the people who said that men didn't appreciate women for the sports that they play. I felt really bad reading tweets and hearing Twitter spaces and clubhouse rooms and stuff like that. It was like, the men just don't care about the women. It's like, can we just start with the basis of the women not caring about the women? A lot of the shit is really performative because a lot of people like for the first two weeks, like, oh, we got a free Britney grinder, blah, 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 blah. And then they just moved on to the next big thing. We've been talking about this shit on the sports desk every fucking week for 17 straight weeks. I've listened to other sports podcasts and they have not said a fucking thing. And it upsets me because now that we're attempting to get her free. Everybody comes out of the woodworks like mosquitoes on like fucking like lime. They're like, oh, oh yeah, now she's free. Now we can start talking again. No, no, stay where the fuck you were. Stay exactly where the fuck you were. I think it's more. I think it's more so. um, You know, I didn't have an award this week, but when you when you brought up Brittany Diner, and that was actually on the docket this week, my. Adam Gates, why are you still in the clear award? And the Bill Ryan, you know, you know, fuck the right award. Those are Donald John Trump. Oh, he boy. made these comments. Okay. He made these comments the other day on a, on a, uh, I, I don't even know where, but he said that um, he doesn't understand why the U.S., why the United States government is fighting so hard to bring Brittany Diner home. She is entitled. Entitled to what, sir? She's too entitled. She's too huh and the only reason your dumb orange ass is saying that is because she's black she's gay and she's a woman if this was a cisgendered heterosexual white male everyone in the world everyone in the world everyone in the united in the political circles of the united states would be tripping over themselves to say, oh, I did this to get to get to get that person home. I did this. We did it. But you, can, you, do you mind if I just say one line and I'm going to let you get your shit off? That man's ex-wife's body is not even cold yet. And he's disrespecting women. Didn't his ex-wife just like die like nine days ago? Ivana Ivana died two weeks ago, and you want to know where he's where where she's buried on his golf course. Where? You know, oh, and you know why she's and you know why she's buried there because that sick fuck doesn't now because it's now considered a cemetery in New Jersey law, and because of New Jersey law, they are exempt from all taxes, and okay. that property can't be taken from them. And it say he gets sued. Can't take it from him. That's a Donald Trump is a sick bastard. And, okay, w- without making it political, the only reason like I'm even like entertaining this is because you brought up him in the midst of the Brittany Griner situation. So I will say this: I- I'm very disappointed in men, regardless of politics and what your status is and things like that. I'm really disappointed in us men not advocating for the women who honestly need it. For years, they've been like, okay, men just don't respect us. Men just don't hear us. Men don't do the things that we need to do. We're trying. And the more that we learn, the better we are kind of off in these situations. 
But when it came to the Britney Griner thing, and I don't mean to like harp on it, it just really sucks because we have daughters, we have like nieces, we have people in our lives of women. And then I see that when it comes to it, we're just not all inclusive when it comes to like the collective of us, like men and women alike. So when it came to Britney Griner trying to tie it all in, there was a lot of radio silence. There were a lot of people who just were not speaking, which hurts because it's like you want to be involved when the cameras are on, when people can see it. It's all performative. So I'll land by just saying this. How about we just all be better people entirely for men, women alike and things like that. But more importantly, we actually go and observe what people are saying about us. When I say us talking about the United States, because there's a lot of shit that we've been doing in sports and entertainment. And more importantly, when it comes to just like the aspect of our continent where it just, it doesn't shape up right. It doesn't look like it has the values that it used to have. And that's in sports in general, but more importantly, everything. When I watch my NFL and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, we still don't have a female head coach. We still don't have, you know, women that are in power and things like that. NBA, like, yeah, they have, like, female referees. It's like, yeah, but they're always the third referee. They're never, like, the person who just has the seniority and stuff like that. So, I'll just land by saying I wish that we would treat each other better. That way, when we present on the sports desk, it's not just, you know, football, basketball, wrestling, and stuff like that. We don't have a woman's segment, and we have two women on the show. We really do. So I, I just hope going forward that we can do that little golden rule of treating others the way that we want to be treated because we want to treat women right. But it's, it's just not on Q, Lou, and I. It's more so things that we need to see. But it also has to start with people being able to have these open-ended conversations where a man can talk to a woman, a woman can talk to a man, you know, and we we just come to a conclusion. We haven't been there in a very long time. I, because I, I, I would love, I, I would I would love to go to a bar and see a woman who's talking sports. I could say, you know what? You don't know you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Not because she doesn't know what she's talking about. Just more so, it's like no, like I watch that team every week. I watch the Dallas Cowboys be shit. You're just a Dallas Cowboy fan. Women are not like no, that team's garbage. Uh, it's it's just the truth. Because trust me. When it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, nobody can tell me anything. I'm loose this year when it comes to Pittsburgh. Nobody can tell me anything. The fucking Pittsburgh are the So I'm, I'm going to make my statement be this, and it's going to be it for me for the week. Um, I really hope when it comes to the sports desk, we kind of convey that we, we let the jokes fly. We say the things that we need to say that give you the insight on sports. But more importantly, we're respected. And respect of, you know, we, we respect, not you know, respect, but we respect both men and women alike, but we also treat each other as equals. Now, treating each other as equal, meaning that we can talk about your sport, you know, respectively, without being disrespectful, you know, right. being disrespectful. So we can talk about the WNBA and I can say, and I've said it before and I will continue to say the WNBA is garbage. Not because the sport is bad. It's because of the fact that like when I go to the game and like the entire 200 row is completely empty and it's myself, my wife and my kid. I'm like, okay, so it's the three of us. 
where are all these people who are saying like I, I, I want the women to make as much as LeBron. I'm like, I could literally spit and hit the other side of the arena and it wouldn't land on anybody. Like, no, you you can't make as much as LeBron. It's not me being an asshole. It's just the fucking truth. But at some point, we have to go and say what the truth is without somebody being super offended at the fact that you're giving them a fact. Right. Exactly. 100%, so, man. I'm really... Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I, 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 no, I really want more people to take... to Like, yeah, just please just take what I'm saying as not me being an asshole, me being a dick. Like, just know this is exactly what it is. A man, woman, or whatever you classify yourself as, when you're watching things, you still want to be entertained at the end of the day. Even when you listen to this podcast, you want to be entertained. So if we say something that disrespects you, like, you know what? I'm going to skip that segment. And you're in your right, but you also have to be in a position to know that someone's opinion about what's going on, it may or may not offend you, but you have the choice on either to hear it or not. Now, here's the difference in hearing it versus not. If you skip it, you never know how they feel. So when you ask the questions, you can't be mad because they've already answered it and you just ignored it. That's where we have an issue. When it comes to sports, we should be able to be in a position where we can all have a collective conversation regardless of gender, sex, race, anything like that, because it's just sports at the end of the day. So regardless, wrestling, boxing, baseball, football, basketball, I want everybody to know that sports is sports, but we also need to be able to know that this is a safe space where we can critique regardless of, you know, what sport it is, because I'm on Shakira, uh, Shakari Richardson's ass for being garbage for the last three years. <laughs> I'm still on her. <laughs> and I, I, will, I will advocate of my dying day. Somebody can say the sports what it is, but Greg is going to just tell you what this is. When it comes to the YBAB sports desk, you are going to get absolute honesty, all of us, because this is how we feel about it. When we have the over and unders, when we talk about sports and stuff like that, it's us because you being the host of the show, like, he doesn't want us to lie about these things. He wants us to have our honest opinions. So I'm going to exactly. let Q go and say what he wants to say. I'm just going to let him enjoy the sports desk, leave your voice notes, more importantly, join the Yahoo Fantasy Sports when it comes to fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fan duel, whatever we do decide to do. More importantly, now with the football. But it starts with everybody being honest with each other, people being real with each other, and more importantly, keeping it to exactly what it is, sports. I very, very well said, brother. Very, very well said. <laughs> very, very well said. And I agree with you 110%. Um, we like to keep it light. We like to have a good time, but just like Greg said, um, let's keep it. That's also um, let's be an avenue of respect, and and you know treat everyone as treat treat everyone as equals. Treat everyone as equals. I think that's what's wrong. Not to make it political or anything, but I do think that's just what's wrong with our society in general. Um, people always try to be more than what. More than what they are, um, instead of treating everyone with respect. Um, with that being said, that's a perfect way to end the show for this week. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Pam and Cashley. 
um, for updating us on wrestling this week. Thank you to everyone who listened live, you know, stereo, who left their voice comments. Um, thank you to those who will listen to the show after we have posted it um, in a couple of days. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at YBBothered. You can follow us on Instagram at YoungBlackPod. And with that, we'll see you next week. See everybody. Y'all have a good week. Peace out. Peace out. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.